Welcome to the NBA Roadshow, episode number 233. That is right, 233 consecutive weeks of the MMA Roadshow. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. What? Oh, or I should say I am with Cold Coffee. We are at the Casa de Cold Coffee here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And let me just say, kind of a rapidly cooling Las Vegas, Nevada. Not Dude. that I don't love the summer. I do love the summer. But listen, it's not quite October yet. I, I, yeah. I say it all the time. Two best months of the year, April and October. If you can ever plan trips here during those months, that's when the best weather is. But uh, listen, man, we had a little cool down over the last couple of days. And uh, I think overnight it's only going to be like 70, 72 degrees. Wow. We're starting to get a little, just a little taste, just a little taste of the fall. I like it. Yeah, I've been rolling with the the uh, car windows down oh. uh, on the, some of the recent trips uh, when I've left the house, which doesn't happen that often. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> once or twice I'm, a week I am a complete homebody uh, <laughs> And then uh, I was even open up the window And, and when I let the dog out uh, Left the door open I was just like man it feels really cool out But yeah I thought about that literally just yesterday or today I was like for this time I know it's September we're getting later But this is still typically a hot yeah, month yeah. in Vegas But yeah it has been uh, dramatically cooler But it feels awesome I mean if it stays like this for the rest of the month I mean We'll be all right. I'd be glad to get an extra month of uh, of feel good weather, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love it. But normally it's a little daytime when you come over. I was so going to say it's I'm a little later later in the evening, well, so it's a little cooler as well because it does cool down in the desert yep. in the evening. I feel like I feel like we're getting a little old school MMA roadshow vibe. You know, what I mean, listen, you and I have been in different places a lot, so we've had to do some solo shows. Uh, and as you said, man, I've been able to get some Thursdays off, which is nice because I can come do the show during the day. We can get it knocked out, uh, and I can go spend the evening with my kid and you know taking to practice and all that stuff. Um, but that just the schedule didn't work out that way this week. We got a lot of people taking vacations, mm-hmm. um, so I actually ended up working How the late death shift. Vacations. I know what are they doing? Okay. You were working late, I was working late. So as we get together, it's actually this is that old school feel. It's kind of kind of later on Thursday night. We got the uh, mm-hmm. the award winning past blue ribbon in the house this it's evening. It's kind of weird. I'm not even sure when it shifted to the days. Yeah, I think it was just because you had uh, maybe Eli practice or something. Exactly. Then you were like, hey, I'm done with something. Let's come. Let's do a little day drink. Do a little whatever. I don't remember day, when we day drink before in. my son's practice, sir. What are you suggesting? I, would I mean, never clearly do this like was that. the off day when yeah, he wasn't t- when he wasn't going to the. Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's, it's funny because yeah, it always used to be in the evenings. Uh, but uh, yeah, at some point it shifted. But yeah, this one is, I guess, yeah, when you, when you put it that way. But I uh, just looked at the weather weather dot com. That's not a plug for them because they're not giving us money like other cool companies like Manscaped. Mm, uh, Manscaped Eighty five degrees. Uh, which is awesome because typically right now a lot of summers, I mean, we're still in the 90s. Yeah. You know, so right now, even though it says feels like 85, when I went out there earlier, it felt even cooler than 85. Cooler. It says it's 85, but it, it it's cooler than that out there right now. It, it feels, it feels amazing. It feels, it feels good. Amazing. It's an old school Thursday night MMA road show, evening time. Paps blue ribbons are flowing. That's how we do. God, uh, Thursday night football. Thursday night football is on. Dude, this is a good. This is a good time of year. It is, is a, a, good a good time, time of year. year. Well, listen, uh, you uh, haven't seen you in a while, to be honest with you, but you were at uh, Bellator 226 this past weekend. Funny, it was while I was sitting down to do the uh, and a half for UFC 242. You were actually still working, man. The fights were going on. You, you yeah. and uh, Dave Doyle were out there in San Jose and uh, kind of wrapping that show up. So I haven't really. 
I, I couldn't talk about that show at all because it was actually still happening yeah. as, as, as we were doing the wrap-up. It was up. awesome to see that and a half come in at like whatever, one in the morning or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, one, no. one you, it was really awesome. Folks, <laughs> let me just tell you how excited Cold Coffee was. He was like, John, you found time to do an and a half? I'm so happy for you. Let me just throw this little edit together. He was so happy. You're, you're like, oh, I got 14 more hours that I'm here on the ground. And I was thinking like, Motherfucker could have waited 14 more hours to tape this thing when I could have slept. But uh, uh, it worked out. It was good. Well, listen, uh, I just wanted to ask you real quick. I mean, listen, I think we all know anytime Czech Congo fights, something something weird is going to happen. Um, and it ended up being way more weird than, than I ever would have thought. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bader. Did you see the aftermath? Because I couldn't remember if they, were, if they showed it on TV. The immediate aftermath. I did, as far as like the in cage scuffle. I have yeah. not seen. I've only read accounts. I've seen the clips. I didn't. I didn't get to see. So it. I wasn't quite sure if that actually made it. So yeah, it was. It was a really weird. Like it went from the whole fight thing uh, with Congo ending. You know, kept playing the replays, and everybody's trying to justify or try to see when possibly a thumb went into the eye, and it was so hard to see it. We're like. I don't think that's it. No, no, that's going in his mouth. Oh, that looks like it's going in his nose. And then I was like, I saw one like sort of uppercut at one point. I was like, maybe that's the one. But it was just hard to see it. So it was like everybody was still sort of talking about that after the fight had ended because it just looked like at that point Czech didn't want to be in the fight yeah. or whatever, and it was done. And you have to question yeah, a I mean, veteran yeah. that's been around that long. When you looked at him, it looked like his eye was bugging him. I mean, he was, you know – he was selling. If he was, if it wasn't real, he was selling it. But really, I had a hard really time good. seeing. I had a hard time seeing exactly which one did the damage too. It was it was near virtually impossible to see it in the in the film. I mean, uh, and Ryan was adamant about that later on when he was in the press. He's like, "Look at this footage. Look at this footage." But for the whole thing with uh, uh, Rampage right after, it was just kind of like everybody we're gathering our stuff because that's typically at the point where uh, you know we grab our shit, we get ready to go into the back room, mm -hmm. you know, before the the final post limbs happen or whatever. And it's crazy. I, I saw afterwards that post limb where the kid broke his leg. Oh, oh my God! Talk about just make Brew. your stomach sick. Yeah, man. Uh, so I was glad we weren't out in the <laughs> arena to see that one. That would have been really, really bad. But uh, yeah, when the whole shit happened with Rampage, you know, it was just like, what the hell is going on? But I I, I was thinking about. It. I was like, I wonder if they even saw that on TV because I imagine. Yeah. It might have been on, but it's also the kind of thing that they could easily get away from right. on camera to something else. But so yeah, I wasn't quite sure if you saw that. But dude, it was a it was sort of a really anticlimactic end to what was shaping up to be kind of a fun week. You know, there was a little bit of shit talking. You know, uh, even with the whole shove that was so out of character for Czech at the day before oh, yeah. at the the ceremony weigh-ins. You know, Ryan took that like a champ. He did get pushed hard. I mean, like he played it off good, and I mean, he's a big dude. I'm sure he could take it. But even when I he wasn't it, rolled in that. slow motion, he wasn't expected. You literally see his head snap. I mean, there could have been like quasi like whiplash in that <laughs> in that moment. Um, but it was just crazy, you know. And so the, the to see. That whole thing happened, and then to see that the way the fight ended with uh, just that ending when it looked like there was just going to have fireworks. You right. know, it looked like there was going to be something. You know, or it was going to be like, oh, is Ryan going to do like what everybody thinks where he's just going to try to take him down? Or does he feel good with his hands? He's going to try to stand up, and we didn't get to see any of that shit after So after here's that the question that I wonder, and, and especially because you saw it all, man. You saw the buildup. You saw the action. You saw the aftermath is – is it worth running back? Because it's a fight that nobody really cared about, right? right. I mean, no, I mean, nobody was right. excited about that fight. I mean, no disrespect. It just right. nobody was super excited about it, and it ends in bizarre fashion. But there was heat around it, 
is it worth running back, especially knowing that Bader's got other things to do? You That's know, the thing. I I mean, I would think that there would be uh, heat if it ended more contested. If there was something, I don't know, that left it. It just after watching that ending, it was just it fell so flat and right. how it ended that it was just like I don't really care to see it. And it, it's agree. not like it was a this is the number one contender. You know, he made it to that point. You know, he got left out of the, the whole heavyweight Grand Prix. You know, he was a little up, upset about that. He fought, but I think the same amount of fights he would have had to fight to get into the tournament uh, if he would have went through the tournament That's interesting. to get to I that didn't title. Think about that. But it was just like it didn't feel uh, like it was like this big, oh, okay, title thing um, where it felt like, oh, man, if I don't see this again, I, I'm going to be really let down because I think at this point, too, Ryan does have the whole other belt to defend and it takes some time to get down to, uh, you know, the light heavyweight from yeah. where it is. I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle change to kind of get him down there. But the fact that there was, like, some words afterwards and the little thing that happened with Rampage after it, maybe there is a little bit of heat, you know, and to kind of keep it going and to maybe bring it back. But after watching that, I just – I'm not that excited. I'd almost yeah. just to, like to see him go back to light heavyweight because I think there's more – challenges for him to to do to do that but also um just to see him defend the belt there again I you agree. know um, I, I, I agree i mean it's so weird but he said say, he would do it he said if bellator said it but he said i'll run it back if they, he said he'd run it back but scott didn't seem uh when we asked about that just didn't seem that into it at all I, you know, that's I what i think was, it was so anticlimactic but uh i mean you did have some other good fights compo sports uh sanchez the featherweight Cavallo, fights were awesome the right? featherweight tournament shit carried that event yeah. like that was awesome like uh, the turn, the whole wanna, tournament's going to be great. It was it was really good. Yeah. Like I mean, they had that first fight that wasn't part of the tournament, mm-hmm. um, which was good. Uh, yeah, where Bolanos got yeah, put to sleep. Yeah, which Woo. is crazy. I'm not sure how much. I'm pretty sure he was a decent sized favorite, but oh, I could I'm be sure wrong. He was. Um, and I and he's all, a stud. I that dude's that a stud. Yeah, he's. I was. It was crazy. So yeah, the whole the whole main card was awesome. Uh, but um, outside of that craziness in the main event, but yeah, I thought the featherweight tournament. When I looked on that one, and as crazy as people are going to think this sound, when I looked at that one on paper for that main uh, card, I liked it so much more than the 242 main card. I thought I it had, mo- I thought it had more exciting fights, more fights that sort of meant something, as opposed to just here's a guy that's from somewhere around this region or somebody that's maybe a Muslim fighting it now and fighting in a country, yeah. you know, with a huge population of Muslims there to support them or whatever. I mean, like. I don't know. They were they were really good fights. There were good fights on 242, but when it came down to what main card I was more excited for, I actually was a little bit more excited to see uh, the featherweight tournament, those four fights for sure. That's pretty interesting to say. Yeah. I don't necessarily hate that. And and look, Diego Fajardo. I'm sure I'll get heat for it. I'm no, sure I'll get heat Diego, for it. But. Diego Fajardo, Maribek, Tysimov ended up pr- providing a good fight and in a, in a, in a, in a uh, you know, fun upset there. Curtis Blades was dominant, as we said, kind of going in. That was the one fight I think. And then, oh, Makachev and Hamas was just terrible. That fight was just awful. Felder Barbosa had controversy. I, look, I, I don't hate it. That was a deep. I, I mean, like that was, was a, deep, a good fight. That was no, a, good it was a good fight. fight. Like that was a good fight. It's a good fight. Had controversy. Um, no, I, I don't disagree, man. The, the the featherweight Grand Prix, man. I, I just think that whole tournament's gonna be fun, man. I'm glad they put that thing together. I like the Grand Prix. I wish the UFC would at least consider right. it, man. Like one weight class a year. Come on, dude. It's not your 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 roster's so deep. You could do it. And I get why. You know, they don't like the uncertainty of it or whatever, but but I like it. And by the way, Adam Borch, man, 
that dude continues to impress, man. He's that a stud, dude. man. And he's a he looks like a young, just a young yeah, kid. Yeah, right. Man. He looks like a teenager. And he's like twenty six or twenty seven. I know, but he looks like a teenager. <laughs> Maybe it's like the the, the short haircut yeah. or something. But he was like he was super polite. I mean, this is the kid that just did the 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 flying knee against uh Aaron Pico. And then, like, this fight kind of, they were way too respectful for each other. They were feeling each other out, and the process just seemed to drag and drag. And I was like, oh, man, I set this up, but this is solely going to fail. <laughs> and then uh, then he then we brought he brought the, fly, the flying knee again, you know, and that set up the ending. And, uh, and it brought a lot more excitement back into it. Because, yeah, for a while, there, I was like, oh, man, that was the, the one of the fights I was so looking forward to. And then I was like, wow. all right, you know, it, there's going to be a, a dud and uh, but it still ended up working out, and he sharp, sharp kid. And I didn't really know much about him until going into that fight week, where I had to sort of research everybody to do the in, uh, the interview. So I didn't know what to expect, but but I thought he he handled himself wonderfully. In fact, I thought all the featherweights. I thought they all gave good mm-hmm. interviews. You could tell that they were there was guys with a lot of experience. I mean, like former champs. Yep. I mean. You know, you had um, Pat Curran on there. You had Campos, Emmanuel Sanchez. Yeah, and Emmanuel I mean, and the Sanchez. The name went down was just like Emmanuel studs, Sanchez. Studs, studs, studs. I, I was going to say, Emmanuel Sanchez picked the he, – he got the win over Speedy Claxton, who was kind of like the up-and-coming prior. I still think Speedy Claxton is going to be somebody. I just think it was like really yeah. early in his career to face That's a guy Taiwan like Emmanuel Claxton, Session. for those that don't know. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Tywin Claxton. I, I do think – I think he's still going to be somebody. I just, I just think it was super – I mean – you know, hey, if you're going for a featherweight tournament this deep, you know, it's not like right. an eight-man tournament, yeah, go ahead and throw yourself right. in there. You know what I mean? Is he one of the top 16? Yeah, he's probably one of the top 16. Had we only started with eight, I wouldn't have gone with Speedy Claxton. I think it's a little early in his career, but I still think he's going right. to be somebody. I, th- yeah, I think I mean, he's a decent prospect. Because this a kid, a kid that, that went in with five uh, – he was 5-0. and oh, mm-hmm. Going against the guy that I'd have to pull up his record that had probably 20 more fights easily. I agree. Uh, than him. I mean, that was a huge, huge – if anything else, was probably in terms of the gap of experience in a in a big pressure moment, he had the hugest gap. Yep. But he also – this is a, a kid that's been working out with champs, you know, with uh, studs. So in his mind, he felt that he had did everything they needed to do training-wise that he – even though he was going in there against a guy with experience. We've heard this – time and time again from other fighters like you know that that train at, at these big big gyms you know we're always like you know what are you going to do with the pressure you know you're coming in you're fighting this very experienced guys and we always hear these fighters say you know like nothing's going to be tougher than the training going into this you know like the training right. the, the whole fight camp these guys are beating up and this guy is going against you know incredible fighters so in his mind he had all the belief and i thought the kid was sharp man i love the fact that uh he codes on his side. He's taught himself how to te- uh, to do programming off to the side. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, and at one point, I think he has like an open offer for an interview uh, with Google. What? You know, like through this whole thing. So that his whole awesome. dream that he wanted to take this money is he wanted to open up a gym in Cleveland. Part of the gym would be obviously an MMA gym, but on the other side would be a uh, a coding classes in schools that teach no kids how to program that is cool so as i hell. mean like he just went on his own and picked up books and read all the books he can and taught himself how to start uh programming it's just fucking smart little dude but wow. i had no idea i mean like so here's a young that guy that uh you know when you look at him he looks fantastic he looks all the part of being a an incredibly fit athlete and an incredible 
MMA athlete. But on the whole flip side that you don't know that once he opens up and I mean, he's I joke with him. I was like, dude, so you're you're a bit of a nerd. I was like, I dig it. I was like, you're fighting. But I was like, you know, is there a day that you might take the nerd life over over the fighting life? And, you know, with that, being able to do that sort of stuff, that's wonderful. I that's mean, cool, man. that's the same thing when we have, a, you know, you know, guys that have these other occupations, but they choose to fight because they love the challenge. They'll mm -hmm. use the other stuff. But also it's good to have a brain to where you have something else outside of it. And uh, oh, I was pulling for him, man, because, one, I love Cleveland, so I want him to be able to kind of do that thing. But I thought it was just really, really cool because uh, when I started learning computers and other shit, I taught myself everything. Right. You know, so I, I totally uh, got what he was doing and how he was trying to better himself. So, yeah, I was pulling for him. But, That's man, awesome. He went I already like that kid anyway. Now, now yeah, I like dude, him it, even more. And, and it, it's uh, it's pretty cool, man. It was, it was really cool. And uh, credit to uh, CJ from Bellator on uh, – Give me the little heads up on on his coding thing, and I thought it was awesome. That's that, really cool. That's not something that you're going to find uh, on Tapology when you're just doing research and oh, learning somebody's uh, stuff. I, so. I missed that going. That's awesome, man. That's really because yeah. you know what? Like, listen, I you know my son is seven, and uh, you know, kind of joking about practice earlier, but you know, he trains at both at both Syndicate and Extreme Couture. But I can tell you, man, like the 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 discipline, the self confidence, you know, all those things that come with. Learning martial arts and especially right. wrestling and grappling, you know, obviously you're not out there, you know, punching kids in the head at seven years old, but the the confidence that comes with that is, is awesome. But to be able to think that, you know, maybe they could go after school and do like an hour of that and then go do like an hour of coding practice right. or whatever. I mean, like that is, that's really it's, cool. I mean, that's, I, I thought it was, I thought it was an incredible idea. I was like, dude, I'll sign up for that gym. I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I dig. Now, the only thing about Bellator, now, Again, the post limbs, you guys are doing interviews during them, so you you kind of have to skip them. But yeah, dude, nineteen fights is a lot of fights. That was unreal. But the the, the prelims that went before, uh, they were flowing though. Man. Yeah, it was, it was good. It they, was good. Fights. They do keep it rolling. I will say that yeah. they do keep it rolling. Yeah, they don't deal. It, it was funny because when the very first one rolled, it was so un it was like such an unceremonious start. Like they were just all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting down, we're looking at our computers, or whatever, and they hear a teeny bit of music. You're like, oh, oh, just enough to kind of raise your head, and there's yeah. already a guy walking in the into the cage. I'm like, what is going on? I was like, nobody even says anything. Like, hey guys, we're gonna start the show. Yeah, or there's no they big start. Kinda, they just start they rolling just roll people into out. it. It's great. It, all I can say is, if you're gonna have 19 fights, make sure you got your crop preserver on from Manscaped.com. Oh, yeah, dude. That <laughs> crop preserver, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Don't forget, guys, 20% off and free shipping with the code Road at Manscaped.com. That's easy to remember. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code Road R-O-A-D. It's good stuff. I mean, like, I've, I've done, like, the whole powder thing, and oh, it's yeah. completely messy. And I remember the last time, I don't know how anybody else really tries to apply a powder. I always have to kind of climb into my my bathtub slash right, shower right. area. I hope everybody's getting this good mental just, <laughs> picture right now. Let's just <laughs> to kind of spray I it mean, up there, you know, and, and push it up in I there. I know this is theater of the mind <laughs> with audio here, but just you, imagine just get that good that picture. Soft, pillowy, Cold white cloud climbing in of there. like the powder coming around the crotch. Powder in his voice. Because the last thing you want is is that you don't want swamp butt. You don't want that. And you don't you don't want swamp nuts. You know, no. and that's kind of what this stuff does. But I like the crop preserver because it's easy. You put a little dab in your hand. You kind of roll it around, and then you can kind of look. Get down there and cover all your business. Oh, no question about it. Listen, Manscaped.com, they're all about uh they're all about the lawnmower 2.0. I mean, that's a, and that's a phenomenal piece of equipment, dude. And by the way, it doesn't have to be Manscaped as well. It could be it could be Womanscaped. <laughs> Womanscaped. It could be Womanscaped if dude. you want. But the lawnmower is what it's all about. But I'm telling you, the crop preserver. 
is solid. It it's is solid. It's, it, it, it's a game is changer. The crop preserver is a game changer. Uh, yeah. Well, you brought up the lawnmower. Lawnmower is good. It's got that like whole anti-snag technology yeah, yeah. shit, which is legit because, uh, you know, part of the thing, and I never thought about it until I was really reading this thing because I have used my razor that I've used for my hair. I've used it on my nuts. I've used it on my chest. I've used it all over. Of but you, you don't want to fucking do that. It's gross. I don't even think about it. But you know, because once you like, realize what you're once doing, once you realize what you're doing, you're like, oh man, I I don't really want to do that. Oh, yeah. You know. But what's nice about this thing also too with the anti-snag thing, because I've nicked myself before. Who hasn't? Last thing, <laughs> last thing you want to do is nick your family jewels. So you know, the lawnmower is legit. So I mean. Manscaped, thank you very much. Yeah. You, you, you. you done changed the game. Changed the game, I'm telling you. Manscaped.com, use that code, road. All right, listen, this week it is UFC on ESPN Plus 16, Cowboy versus Gaethje in Vancouver. Little facts from the UFC. It's the fifth time for the UFC in Vancouver and the 31st event on Canadian soil, dating back to its inaugural fight card at UFC 83 in 2008. Uh, the young Mike Bond is rolling solo. throwing out facts Just some stats. facts that the UFC is sharing with us. I figure we might as well pass them around. The young Mike Bond is out there rolling solo in his hometown. I got to say, uh, you know, not that the young Mike Bond isn't fine to run events by himself yep, or whatever, yep, yep, but uh, I love Vancouver. I will honestly say Vancouver, to me, is one of the absolute most beautiful cities on the face of the earth, man. I love it up there. Uh, but just the way the schedule was lining up, it just didn't make sense. You know, Abu Dhabi was last week. Mexico City's next week. You and I have uh, Australia later in the month. It just kind of made sense. And when we were planning the schedule, um, there was no main event announced yet, right? It right. was just kind of a fight, and we knew it was coming, and we hadn't heard the main event, you know. I think uh, – I remember – I believe – uh, Shoeface and Uriah Hall was kind of the first fight that had been announced, and, 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 and they made it clear it wasn't the main event. But they're just mm -hmm. when it was time, it was just like, all right, well, whatever. I will say this. Once they announced Cowboy versus Gaethje, I did go back to Simon Simano and say, hey, you know. Uh, I, I, you were going to try to fly from Abu Dhabi? Oh, there? I was going to go. Yeah, I was like, you know, I, was like, you know uh, I, don't, I don't mind making some minor adjustments to the schedule. Because, I mean, dude. This fight is insane. Unfortunately, as it worked out, the uh, the budget was already set, and uh, the fine folks at USA Day, while they are phenomenal in, in sending us our paycheck every other week, they did say, no, John, you can't be there. We don't have enough money in the budget. So I respect it. Uh, I will say I do wish I was there. Um, man, uh, these two guys, this fight, yeah. I just – I mean, you know, kind of knock on wood. You know, you, you know, you think back to like, uh, you know, Derek Lewis, Francis Nagano, Of course, is always the worst example where you're like, dude, there is no way this fight <laughs> is gonna suck. And then it's like one of the worst fights of all time. But to me, I feel very safe in saying, there's no way this fight can suck, right? Yeah, I I think it'd be impossible. And I'm gonna tempt fate and say it would be ridiculous to think that this is not going to be some sort of a just rock 'em sock 'em barn burner. At least have those moments. I think there's definitely going to be that initial thing of feeling out and being respectful because there is a lot of respect between these two. Uh, I love that about this fight week. Um, you have two guys that I think are probably two of the most endeared guys. Um, Gagey now I think is really he's came over from all the places he's been before, World Series champ, all this other stuff, and he's really been this guy that people recently have just fallen in love because yeah. they watch his fight style. Cowboy has been a longtime fan favorite, so here you have two fan favorite guys that are respectful for each other, that have great fighting styles, and you're going to have that where I think uh, you're <laughs> – 
it's a lot of times you have the, the guys on one side they're like oh this is my dude and then uh, guys on the other side oh well no this guy is my guy right you're going to have fans that it's going to be hard to find people that are only on one side mm-hmm. for the particular one because i think most of the fans that like cowboy are the same type of people that absolutely love Justin Gagey and they love the way that uh, Justin fights and i think that's what's great about this fight is that you have two guys that walk forward that aren't afraid to try to just own the middle of the octagon and and just kind of throw with reckless abandon. Um, so I can imagine at the very beginning, maybe they're going to surprise us in a little bit because they are going to come out. They are going to be respectful. But I think once those leg kicks start throwing, well, I mean – From either one. From either one. Then I think it's just going to be game on because, you know, Cowboy has – he's, you know, has shown us that uh, over time he's kind of a bit of a slow starter, whereas Justin sure. kind of goes straight at it. But that's also what sets Cowboy off. Because once somebody That's comes right. in and usually hits him once or twice, then he's like, okay, shit, mm-hmm. now I'm here. Now I'm ready to fight. You know, Whether that happens in the first round or whether it happens in the second round, it's going to happen. And what's lovely about this fight is they have five rounds for that to happen. So if it kicks off in the second round and the second round starts going balls crazy, we still got three other rounds after that that we could see craziness. I just don't think it's going to make it to five rounds. Um I think it's just it's it should be an absolute barn burner, but I can guarantee probably the first minute or two, uh, it's going to be a respectful sort of feeling out with reason because both you guys are very very dangerous guys. I can see that they have a, a lot of respect and they're not going to have neither one of these guys has. Uh, they both can have anger in them when they go out and fight, but they're not going to have it on this one. Yeah, you know they they're going to have a lot of respect. It's so more I just an edge come out. than an anger. You know, like a like a true right. anger. It's just I an mean, edge. like when you saw. Uh, Justin go in there and, uh, against James Vick. He had a chip on his shoulder. He yeah. wanted to knock his kid's head off. Yeah, he did have a chip on his shoulder. You know, when we seen Cowboy, I'm trying to think when the last time, uh, you know, when Diaz got well, under Diaz his head. Got, it, Diaz got it kinda, his head. Kinda, kinda that, was, that was the lesson. That was a different one. That was the, le- that was the right. night, and he, and he always refers back to it and says, that's the night I learned I can't be Can't angry. go in there. Can't go in there emotionally. Diaz got me. Diaz got me. He did. I mean, Diaz has a way of doing that, man. That I. I love that about him. Uh, so it should be interesting. But I think, yeah, it's going to start off. I think there's definitely going to be that feeling out process. But I know at some point, and whether it be the second round, it probably be the second round, it's just going to be fireworks. And, and the way these guys go, I mean, it's amazing. I just love that Cowboy has been pulling out. Uh, you know, we're seeing that ground game as well. And I think that's going to be interesting here. I think that's what it's going to probably go because I think Justin's going to try to get him down to the ground and pound and show that sort of stuff. But then Cowboy is – he likes being on the ground. We just don't ever see. It. We always think about his leg kicks. We think about his striking, you know. But Cowboy has sick ground submission skills, so it could be interesting. I dig it. It could I be interesting. It. All right, listen. Today was media day up in Vancouver, and uh, as we said, the young Mike Pond was there. Uh, by the way, in Abu Dhabi, you probably didn't get to hear. I know. I know you don't listen to every second of it, but uh, <laughs> he he just became Mike Bond because we had the young. Feta. I did hear you. We, we we just had the yeah we had the young Feta Hanoon. But yeah, I remember. I, I did hear that. When it's just us two old guys sitting around, it's definitely the Everybody's young Mike Bond. The young one. Uh, <laughs> exactly. They're all the young. So the young Mike Bond was up there. He uh, I have nice crop preserved gray hairs. <laughs> Wow. Not as many thanks to the lawnmower. Theater of the mind, folks. <laughs> Theater of the mind. Uh, you can also use a little crop refresher on those gray hairs if you That's like. True. All right, listen. Uh, <laughs> oh, God bless. I love you, manscaped.com. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, the young Mike Bond was up there. Uh, he got this audio from uh, Cowboy Cerrone. I, I, I edited it down a little bit, but uh, you'll hear some familiar voices. Uh, Oscar Willis from the Mac Life is there. Uh, Canadian journalists like Aaron Pronstetter, James Lynch, you'll recognize all their voices. Uh, but this is Cowboy Cerrone. Another day closer to hitting the scales. How are we feeling? 
Like shit. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't mind fucking a hamburger up right now. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get it done. Your nutritionist, uh, the person you work with that you know help cut your weight, she's actually Canadian. Uh, can you just talk about that relationship? Because you've been working with Shara for a couple of fights now. Yeah, she, uh, my nutritionist, sports and conditioning, and uh, also helps uh, you know cook all my meals and prepare everything, which is super convenient because I just get to wake up in the morning and have the food ready. So uh, takes the hard brain work out of me. I just eat what I'm supposed to and go train. So that's good, man. She's a solid lady. Uh, I really enjoy working with her. At what point in your career did you start looking at getting a nutritionist on board? Because I imagine early on you were probably just winging it. Super winging it. <laughs> uh, like the hardest way you could ever... Even today, I'd rather eat like a handful of Snickers or a handful of chicken. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go with the Snickers. Like, you know, it's just making those bad decisions. But uh, it's a lot easier getting my weight down sooner, right? I mean, the last, for me, the last five pounds is brutal no matter how, how I come into it. But, you know, I'm nine pounds off right now. Um, I'll do four tonight, five tomorrow. And those five tomorrow, I'll be crawling into the scale. So it's just... There's no way around it. Until they get the 65 weight class, I'd be pretty stoked on that. I'd be right on weight right now, ready to go. You basically haven't done that yet. Because, I mean, we're about to do a BMF belt before they get the 165 pound belt. I don't know why they don't 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85. You know, I don't, I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm sure it'll come. Hopefully I'm still around when it does. Um, but, yeah, it needs to happen. When you look at Justin Gaethje, I feel like because of his style, the crazy way he comes in and the insane pressure he puts on people, like having him on your record with a win over him, it's almost like winning a belt in itself. You know? <laughs> Alvarez do it, Poirier do it, and that's about it. Do you look at that? Do you even think about that? Or is he just another name on the docket? No, but he's a fun name. He's like my buddy, you know? And uh, he, he, what a solid dude, man. His family, his dad, you know? We were, I just talking about that in the car here. I just saw his dad in the parking lot and talked to him. and. Uh, like, man, if you have a good, like, family and, like, good parents, like, you're usually a good kid, man. Like, if I can, like, shake your dad's hand, look him in the eye, you know, and we're like, yeah, let's go get some beer Saturday night. He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. So, but he's just a cool dude. But his style is insane, right? He comes leaving it all on the line, which is going to make for one hell of a fight, man. It's going to be awesome. Is this a little bit similar to the Tony Ferguson fight in that you just got a guy who's just going to yeah, come at you? For sure. For sure, man. It's, uh, except for I'm a lot more friendly with uh, Justin, you know. Not that I don't wouldn't share a beer with with uh, Tony, but I just never had that like alliance with him. So I don't know if you. Uh, I know uh, between these two fights, you did the thing at the ranch with all the youngsters. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit and tell us what that experience was like for you? Man, it was so cool. We did, we did uh, like a youth kids camp. You know, just trying to introduce wrestling to these kids. But more importantly, the messages and the, like the letters and texts I got from all the kids and their family, like. Man, you guys, you really, they, they talk about it all the time. They made friends for life. They're still in contact with all those kids. I wanted 14, but we ended up with 33. Uh, big difference, man. It was, <laughs> it was a lot. It was like every day I was like, man, I'm a go, go, go guy. And kids are like super go, go, go. But it was, um, it was fun, man, like teaching them to shoot and archery and playing games and wrestling. And, just, man, it was, it was a hell of an adventure. And I plan on doing three next year. So, um yeah, the BMF Kids Camp. It's it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Just trying to teach these kids 
because if I could redo, rewind and redo life again and re-go to high school, I could tell you, like, man, I know being like the smart kid and learning everything is not like the cool thing to do, but man, I sometimes wish I paid a little more attention in math class and, you know, like there's, it's tough and, and do every sport, you know, because I get the lifestyle where I'm still doing sports, but you see a lot of these dads and a lot of these parents where it's like, man, when, when high school's over, college's over, they're kind of it's done. And I tell these kids that, like, man, there's so much, you have all your youth and life, like, do it all, man, do everything. When they give you the option to play a sport or go do this, man, go do it, go do it. And uh, it was fun talking to them, working with them, just seeing all their personalities and everyone. It was a lot of fun, man. Do you tell them what BMF stands for? They know, they know, <laughs> they know. Here, um, you know, watching how you're working with these kids and your own son, it seems like you're really putting an emphasis on just living life and getting out there and doing things. What's something you think that a lot of kids are growing up without right now? Fathers. A lot of kids are growing up without fathers, and um, and I don't mean that like maybe their dad's there, but he's not there. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's go out and play catch with your kid, man. Teach him to do it. Like my son, he's not going to know what Nintendo is. Like no way. There's too much stuff to go out here and do too much playing on the ranch to be had man i need so uh just trying to teach these kids to build and play and just enjoy life man that's that's what it's all about to me you know be a good dad be a good person you know so i don't know just what were your thoughts on um justin's comments about conor mcgregor as a dad oh i don't listen to your guys' stuff so i yeah <laughs> I, I everyone asked me about fights if i i have there's so much like things i got going on in my life that i don't sit there and listen or watch the video so sorry. last one here you've been super respectful and friendly to justin and he has had a lot of respect for you as a competitor but when asked about you know getting gears together he's kind of dismissive is does maybe he's got to shut. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I you know I'm not sure uh, how his brain works or whatever. But uh, I'm sure like he might have to turn the friend side off and think I need to go in there and you know I, I have no idea, man. I can't speak for Justin, but I see him. I'll shake his hand. What's up, brother? You know, hang out. Uh, it is what it is to me. Just listen to you right now, and you have seem to have a lot of perspective right now. Do you have any advice for Justin Gaethje for just his future, his career, what you know of him? Oh man, it's a uh, it's a it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, man. So uh, you see a lot of guys come up fast, and you know, just put the time and put the energy. Don't let all this hype and everything change who you are, man. That's the only thing, you know. Don't paint yourself into a corner ever. So just enjoy this journey. To me, is fun. I love all this. This is this is so cool. Like you know, one day you're not going to want to talk to me anymore, and uh, right now you're here. So I enjoy I enjoy it. Hopefully my words someday will pass on to somebody else. But uh, man, it's so cool. So yeah, don't don't rush anything. Don't make say anything stupid that'll get you in trouble. I say a lot of stupid things that get me in trouble. So uh, I'm learning to to change that now. You mentioned yesterday if you do beat Justin, I mean it makes sense. The winner of uh, Khabib and Tony. But does it worry you at all that someone and we probably can figure out who might cut the line in that? Do case? you think he comes back though? I mean, damn, it's been a lot of talk, a lot of years. I don't know. Who knows? So to me, like chasing that, it's just like not even worth it to me anymore. Like, man, are you going to come back and shit or get off the pot, bro? You know? So, um, but yeah, so other than that, yeah, there's no one else. You, uh, you <laughs> mentioned a couple before in the fight with Tony that if you'd won and you didn't get the title shot, you would have been pretty upset and would have had to have a conversation. If Tony gets passed over a 12 fight winning man, season, would you be. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Like, give the dude his dues. 
Um, but I thought it was announced. No, am I wrong? Oh, okay. Um, no, that would. If he accepts the fight, if not, then maybe go to Connor. Wow. That would be tough for that'd be tough for Tony to swallow. Wow. Um, no, he deserves it for sure. Last question, guys. If you could, I mean, you want to fight Khabib. That fight's been scheduled a few times, never came through. But now you've also got the loss to Tony. If you could pick out the two of them, do you want to get that win? Oh, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter to me, man. Either way, we'll meet again, both sides. So it doesn't matter. Um, man, I just love, I love fighting, and. I don't know if people understand that enough. Like Saturday night, there's not very many places on the world I'd rather be. You know, this is what I live and breathe and love to my core. So um, I'll fight anybody. Like that, those words to me are like true to who I am. And um, I don't know, man. I just, when I don't love it anymore, that's the day I'll call Dana. Like I really will. I, and I won't, if I take a fight and halfway through the camp, I'm like, man, I'm just not feeling it. I don't have a I'll just call Dane like, hey, man, this, this one isn't for me. i got to take some time. i got to maybe stop, maybe not. I don't know. But right now, I love, every, I love all of it. So there's no stopping. I'm rolling. I'm rocking. And I'm having fun. And losing sucks. Winning is fun. But the whole journey to me is, is what it's all about. So, um, yeah, Saturday night, tune in, man. Cowboys go out there and have fucking fun doing what he loves. Win or lose, man, I'm putting it on the line for every one of you. And, um... Really, it's for myself. I'm just going out there. I can do what I love, man. All right, there was the one and only Donald Cowboy Cerrone, legend of the game. I mean, absolute, that is, uh, man. You know, you just I, I think that word definitely applies to him. Now, you heard him in the beginning, always a little bit on edge. I mean, when he's making 155, uh, listen, that is a tough cut for him. I, I can tell you from much, much, much experience of being around him uh, that that cut to 155 is tough for him. But, I mean, it's, it's better for him than 170 in terms of size. But that's why he continues to push for 165. I do wish there was a 165. I don't understand. I mean, obviously I've asked Dana about it 100 times. I I know what his logic is. I just don't necessarily agree with it. So um, I hope 165 happens at, at, at one time. And, and and it's funny. Here we are. You know, earlier we were talking about uh, Tyron Claxton with kids. Cowboy, you know, doing the same thing. Not not with coding, but, you know, giving back to the kids as well. Just hearing that, man, just made me think, you know, if you didn't already love Cowboy already, now he's doing, you know, charity for kids basically and teaching them wrestling. And, that, and that's awesome. And then, you know, lastly, he just – you know, finishes up with that incredible quote, man, talking about his passion for the sport. I mean, when, when he when he talks about those, and, and we've heard him, I mean, we've done so many interviews with him over the years, we've heard similar versions of that, but when he talks about the thrill that he feels on fight night, you know, that, yeah, you know, the nerves in the back, but then the, the adrenaline as he's coming out and all that. I mean, when he starts talking about the way it feels with the lights and the crowd and the moment, uh, man, yeah. it just gets you. We're talking about mental images. Woo. Like, that boy can set up a story. Yeah, man. It just gets you fired up. It does, man. He yeah. does. He has a great way of explaining it to it. As a guy that's done it more than anybody else, you know, yeah. he, he can get you fired up. So, um, all right. So, you said a lot of good things going going into that interview about the fight. Th these were some really cool stats. The UFC started to send us a little bit of stats. Um, and I didn't pull this, but just kind of off of memory alone, I remember that because you said, hey, I think second round is going to be it. I remember that both of their average UFC fight time is right about uh, 8.59 minutes. So basically late second late round, second right? Round. So I thought that was intriguing. But here's the ones that uh, that stood out to me. So 
Donald Cerrone, Justin Gaethje, strikes landed per minute. Okay, Cerrone lands 4.89 strikes per minute. Pretty strong. Gaethje, 8.5. So you talk about the volume. I mean, both these guys are, like, high volume. But check this out. Punches and bunches. That's it. But check this out. This is crazy. Donald Cerrone absorbs 4.81 strikes per minute. So he lands 4.89. He absorbs 4.81. So, yeah, he's basically going shot for shot, right? Yep. Gaethje lands 8.5 per minute. He absorbs 8.5. 10.23. Wow. How crazy is that? So you talk about the guy that's willing to give one to take one. You know what I mean? Gaethje's willing to to give you 1.3 to take yeah. one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's crazy. I mean, he's getting outlanded. And Gaethje's fighting. I mean, back even in, in his World Series of Fighting days, man, he used to say, like, I'll let you punch me in the top of the head. Like, I'll kind of lean into those punches because yep. there's, a, there's a possibility that you'll break, break your, your hand. hand. And I always thought that was so crazy, but that's who Justin Gaethje is. Um, so, I, I, I like it. so I like where your head's at with the second round. I, I do think we're going to see some wildness. I don't know that these two can last each other for five rounds. I mean, I, I, I guess that They'd would They'd have to conserve it. They would yeah. have to conserve it. That's why, yeah, I'm pretty confident thinking that they won't go. It would be fun to see them go yeah. back and forth for 25 minutes, but I just don't yeah. know if they could survive each other for that long. That's the thing. I, I just don't – I don't know if I, if they're going to go nonstop rock and sock them because I think they're experienced enough that they know they have to be ready to go five because the last thing they want to do – is gas out in, in round three and have two rounds to go in a champ well not a championship but a main event five fight, rounds yeah you know uh, so I can definitely see where they unless they see a moment where they hurt their opponent I don't think they're going to go too crazy and too willy nilly I mean I think they're going to throw shots to do damage right. hope for that moment where they stun their opponent and then we'll see the the big blasts of speed because if not. That's a lot of time they got to stay in there. A lot of And uh, we've seen uh, Justin when he's gotten uh, a little winded before in like the third or fourth round because he doesn't usually a lot of times hold back. He just kind of goes crazy. Um, but usually then at that point he either, unfortunately, either gets knocked out or he knocks his opponent out, you know, right around the third round or so. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I do, uh, think, those, I do think those early moments we get to like – if I'm if I'm Justin Gaethje, if I'm, if I'm coaching Justin Gaethje, because you said Cowboys start, start slow. slow, absolutely. So I do think if you're Justin Gaethje, for probably what the first two two and a half minutes, I think you I think you put your foot on the gas pedal and you go right. Do your thing, and then if you realize okay, two minutes, two and a half minutes, hey, Cowboys settling in now. He's ready to go. He's back. Right. Now we dial it back a little bit. You right. know what I mean? Because you're right. You can't keep that pace nonstop. Right. But I don't think that you want to think about that pace or think about the conservation of energy so much that you don't start quickly. You, don't do something. you know what I mean? Because that's your strength. I think that's Gaethje starts quickly, Cowboys start slowly. So I, to me, if I'm Justin Gaethje or I'm that team, I say let's push early, but then let's settle in. If we realize, hey, we're not getting them out of here in two minutes, we're not getting them out of here in two and a half minutes, Right. let's let's back down a little bit. But that's the other true. thing you said, and, and obviously – I mean, my pick. I, I pick Cowboy Cerrone. I'm, 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 I'm Cowboy Ride or Die at this point. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of my guy uh, in a lot of ways, man. I think just, I mean, we've been around him for so long. We've been covering his career for so long. I mean, yeah. we've, he's done it more than anybody. So obviously, we've talked to him more than anybody. Um, and, and so at this point, I just, I never pick against that guy. But Gage is gonna eat you up when he sees you. He do. He just, yeah. He gives you shit every not. time you pick <laughs> he, against him. He call me so out. So this is gonna be another one. He's just gonna give you shit. Picked against me again. Luckily, you're you? not. There. Luckily, I'm not there. That's why <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't go to Justin Gaethje fights anymore because I don't want to have to deal with him. Uh, but no, I will say uh, on the on the flip side, if I'm if I'm in Cowboy's corner, 
Uh, I agree with what you said, man. You mentioned the ground game, right? Don't forget the ground. Yes, you're here to put on a show. Yes, you're here to entertain. But you were here to entertain and put on a show against Mike Perry as well. You know what I mean? Right. And I think Cowboy's getting to that point where he realizes, you know, it's not just about biting down on your mouthpiece and standing toe-to-toe and see who drops first. I think, to me, Cowboy and, and Anthony Pettis, um, which is funny because they share that WC uh, lineage, but to me, those are two of the guys that I think – have the most underrated jujitsu, or, or, or I don't even say underrated. It's just we think of them as strikers, yeah, because they, they have great use, striking. And they've had they haven't had to use the jujitsu in so long. But when they use their jujitsu, it's phenomenal. And 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 now that said, as well, we keep going back and forth. Gaethje, of course, is a stud wrestler, so it's right. not like it's going to be easy for 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 Cowboy to just you yeah. know, oh, well, I'll just shoot a double. Like no, then you're going to have yeah. trouble. So if there's a lot, dude. That's what's so fun about this. Yes. It, it it could be rock'em sock'em robots, but but these guys are both very very technical as well. Yeah, I mean, because you can't just imagine that Cowboy's just gonna immediately try to go in and get a takedown. He's gonna have to try to set up because all he's gonna do is waste his energy. Because if he tries to just go for a willy nilly takedown, Justin's gonna stop it every time. Yep. And then he's just gonna burn himself out. You know, expend a lot of energy. So he's gonna have to hurt him. He's gonna have to stun him, then go for the takedown, and then apply some sort of move. But I, I think agree. that goes both ways. I mean, I don't think Justin is as well as – I mean, even though he is a better wrestler per se, I don't anticipate him just immediately trying to go for a takedown no. either. I mean, both of these guys, they're way too smart and they're way too dangerous in, in both areas. They're going to they're gonna have to set it up, and I think it's going to be after somebody gets hurt or stunned before we really see him uh, or tired. Yeah. Before then or we'll fade see him. Because, you know, once, yep. once somebody starts fading, then okay, then I think then – they're not as worried about one of these things. But, I mean, the last thing Gagey wants is to try to go in for a sloppy, you know, takedown and take a knee to the face, mm-hmm. you know, which Donald has incredible knees that just tend to come from nowhere, you know. So that that could be another that could be another thing. That could be that could be a bad move uh, right there. So I think everything's going to have to be set up for both of these guys. I'm digging it, man. It's going to be a great fight. Listen, uh, by the way, as great a fight as that's going to be, it's a great podcast as well. And if you like what you're listening to, do us a favor. Make sure you log into iTunes. Make sure you subscribe first and foremost, of course, so you're getting this every single week, 233 consecutive weeks. You want to get it. Make sure you're getting it. But while you're in there making sure that you're logged in, making sure that you're subscribed, take a little second. Give us give us a rating if you can. Five stars, we'd appreciate it. You know, and if you, you got can- a review. You got a review lined up, don't you? I was going to say. Or you can even take the time to jump in there and give us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. You could be like my man O.S.Dot, who oh, says. Oh, O.Dot. You know O.O.Dot. <laughs> O.Dot, by the way, labeled this review orgasmic. Oh, shit. Orgasmic. And then said, let me tell you, there are MMA podcasts and then there are sermons from the mound. The road show is one of a kind. Especially when they have that British guy on. So, a little <laughs> shout out there to Simon Head, I'm guessing. Oh. Well, Oscar's oh. British too, right? He's Irish, isn't he? No. <laughs> isn't he? No, he's British. I, was, just like, I was like, now I'm fucking confused. Damn. You know what? I might have slided Oscar Willis there because Oscar's pretty good. I got it. Uh, and admit. Oscar's been on there a few times. But, I mean, oh. Simon is really good too. We've had both. Mm. So it could be any either either one of them. I think what he meant was O dot S dot when he was like when you have either Oscar Willis or Simon or Head. Or Simon on. Head. Did he say from the mount or from the mound? It says from the mound. Sermons from the mound. Like not mount? from the mount. Like he said orgasmic. Mount. Are you or sure you're not talking about a mount? Good lord, what's wrong with you, cold <laughs> coffee? The manscaped visual imagery has got you all thrown <laughs> off, true. man. I, I, I'm got all, you all thinking off. all about my smooth nuts and everything. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, 
Go to manscaped.com. Use this <laughs> You code too Rogue. can have smooth nuts. Go order it. And they smell good. Go order it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to use the crop. Get, make sure you get the crop preserver. Get, 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 get. And they got a good nail kit because I, I need oh. to, my nails. I got like some fucking claws, man. But I got to take care of that shit so that they got a little nail kit that helps. Oh, man. I feel bad. He may have meant Oscar Willis. He probably did. Damn but it. He, well, Oscar's been on there more recently, but uh, Simon, Simon was on there first. That's and right. then uh, he's been on there quite a few times. But both of them are great. Oh, they are both. Phenomenal. I guess Odot is going to have to clarify. What is it? Odot S. Odot S. Dot. Odot S. Dot. We'll have to clarify. Oh wait, is that Odot S. Dot C. Dot A. Dot R. Dot? It's like Oscar. <laughs> it's fucking Oscar. <laughs> maybe Oscar logged in and big upped himself. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Is that what it really it says, says? No, it says O. Dot S. Dot is the username. Okay. I'm saying, is that short for oh. O. Dot S. Dot C. Dot A. Like, dot R. Dot? I was like, if it was, I was like, how did you not catch that? <laughs> That's probably what it is. Well, either way, Oscar Willis and uh, Simon Head are both phenomenal guests. We always appreciate when we can have them on the road show. All right, listen, uh, as we said, it was uh, uh, media day today. And, of course, the other side of that awesome main event, Justin Gaethje, he gave uh, his thoughts as well. He spoke to the media as well. Again, uh, the fine Canadian media out there, including O.S.C.A.R. were in there, the young Mike Bond as well, all of them. Uh, logged in here, and, and this is uh, this is what Justin Gaethje had to say to the collected media up in Vancouver. Uh, Justin, how's the eye today? Great. Yeah, man, way better. It's making forward forward progress. I'm good to go. What exactly was the issue? Was it just an infection? Yeah, yeah, it was. A, but I mean, it ran its course. I mean, I, I'm a week removed right now, so I'm great, man. I've seen. Every doctor that said you're good to go, and once I hear that, I'm good to go. I imagine once you have a fight that you're a hard man to keep from getting in that cage. When do you have something like that? I don't make that decision. Trevor makes that decision, and Trevor always has that on you know, in front of his mind. So once he said I'm good, I'm golden, and I'm going. What did uh, Trevor say to you when you brought him the news of the eye infection? Oh, uh, he was good, man. He was good. He said, you know, we're going to work through it. If we can't do it, we can't do it. We can, we can. Doctor said we're good, we're good. You, you and Cowboy are cutting an interesting contrast this week. You were saying that uh, you know he's your enemy until the weekend, but he's refusing to go there. He just he really thinks you're really cool. Wants to have another beer with your dad. Yeah. Is making the opponent your enemy something you do every fight, or is it just because you kind of the man across from me is trying to take everything I've worked for for many, many, many years. Um, that's why I won't let him take it from me. Doesn't matter if he's my friend, my brother. I used to wrestle my twin brother. My mom said, don't do this move, and I did it right away. <laughs> you were on the Magic Hour podcast, and you told an interesting story about you were helping someone out, and when the paramedics came, they said, oh, do you have a military background? And because of just the way your calm demeanor, is that the same demeanor you have in the cage as well? Yeah, it is. It is. That was a tragic story. That was uh, 13 days before I fought James Vick. I was going to practice. There was a wreck. Uh, there was a car in front of me stopped. Thank God I moved to the side because I wasn't going to stop, and the truck, big truck behind me hit him. The driver of the big truck crushed his chest and he, he was dead on impact. And I pulled him out, gave him CPR, and then I had to do a bunch of interviews and then I had to go fight James Vick. So, yeah, that was uh, super mm, tragic, but it's, uh, you know, I've, it's kind of like uh, my, my best friend killed himself when I was a junior in high school. I was the last one to see him. So, I mean, there's things like that where can really prepare you for obstacles in life and you can't, you can't let things tear you down because, you know, and then it, it just becomes like a, a mudslide, you know. You can't stop the, the negativity. So I just really like to surround myself with positive people, positive thoughts. I listen to reggae because they never boast. They never talk shit about somebody. They never talk about money. 
all they do is talk about positive attitude and having a relationship with God. And, um, you know, that's a very simple life. You have a good attitude in general. Corey Sanhagen gave you a lot of credits, and you're, you're very, in the gym, you give a lot of good advice and things like that. Is that something you're getting used to now, just being sort of a teacher to some of the younger fighters as well? I mean, I think I've always possessed that skill. I, I went to school. I got a human services degree. It was for social work. I mean, that was, you know, and social work is listening. Um, you don't talk. You don't advise. You listen. You listen to people's problems. You don't try to intervene or, or steer a conversation. You, you're steering a conversation. You're trying to keep a conversation going, but it's really about listening and trying to understand what you're, what you're hearing. And so that's a huge part of, of this. That's a huge part of helping people, of of any, again, you know, it makes life simple. When you wanted to get into social work, is that something you wanted to be a carer, you wanted to be in therapy, what exactly? I wanted to work with at-risk youth, that was my main goal. Um, my best friend in college was, uh, you know, he came from very opposite circumstances as I did. I have, you know, I'm so blessed with the parents that I was, was blessed with. And he, he came from the opposite, but it just took one or two positive influences in his life to steer him in the right direction. And now he works in the inner city in Denver, um, most of his kids don't speak English. He's a high school wrestling coach and he works, he takes these kids to Washington DC on trips and he's such a good influence and role model to these guys and you know there's no need for him to, you know, there's no reason he should be that but, but because one or two positive influences in his life. So if I could talk to 100 and affect one, you know really uh, I think um, I'm doing what I was set to do with this avenue that I was given. Uh, yes it's a violent sport, yes I'm trying to beat somebody up but I'm really trying to inspire the youth uh, and inspire people that don't believe in themselves or maybe might question their work ethic. You know, like, it's, again, keep it simple. Only worry about the things you can control, which is super minimal. You know, like, pick five things that you can't control and then just worry about that. And if something else starts creeping in, then you can literally, you can say, shut up. You can say, shut up internally. You can say whatever you want, but stop that negativity and, you know, move it in the right direction. You see yourself in Cowboys kind of cut from the same cloth because he said a lot of similar things when he was in here earlier. As an example, he said, you know, when you have good parents like you do, you usually have a good kid. Uh, he's tried to be inspirational. He's been working with kids lately. Do you kind of see uh, you and him as quite similar? Uh, we're both warriors, so I see that as similarity. Um, I've been, you know, we're acquaintances. I've been around him for a total of maybe, you know, two months in my life. And so it's not like uh, I know the guy personally, like super, I don't know who he is, I don't know how he is, I don't know what he is. I know he's a warrior, I know he's one of the best that's ever done this, and I'm excited to, to face that challenge and face the adversity that he brings. No one's ever put him to sleep, uh, no one's ever put Edson Barboza to sleep, so uh, these are things that I am here for, to create that legacy. Um, I might, you know, obviously I'm three and two right now. You guys, you could talk all the shit you want about that. I fought the who's who, the toughest guys, um, you know, there's guy, if I get a title shot, it'll only be because I went through the hardest guys. Most guys that get title shots don't have to do that. Are you any more excited fighting Cowboy given the accolades, who he is in the sport, or is this kind of just another fight the way you look at it? I'm super, it's, it's great, man. Like I said, I'm here to create a legacy, and Cowboy is the right man for that right now. He's number four in the world right now. That's not That's not a mistake. You know, he's uh, he's been around, he's fought the most, he's Finished the most, he's got the most bonuses. So of course, that's what I'm here for. With all of those accolades that uh, Don Cerrone has, would you be happy having his career at the end of the day? No. No, I'm 20. I have 20 wins and 17 knockouts. That cannot be matched. Justin, he said, and his team is saying that the 
game plan or the approach to this fight is to fight fire with fire. Is that a mistake going in there against someone like you? I think it's the mindset that you have to come in with. Um, you know, what, what else is there? You can't stop it, so you have to match it. You mentioned yesterday Cerrone called you Homer Simpson, but you also mentioned how you tightened your game up, and I think you lasted quite a three show. Do you think... That's two fights. Yeah, that's two fights. Do you think eventually that criticism of the, all the Homer Simpson is going to go away? I want it to stick around as long as possible. I want these guys to think they're fighting a fool and a dummy. Um, you know, I have... My timing is different. It will never, they will never be able to replicate it in a, in a gym. They will never be able to replicate the pressure that I'm going to put on them. They will never be able to replicate the heart rate that they're going to have to uh, contain when they fight me for, for as long as they last or I last. So those things I really rely on. And it's really the output. My output has dropped about 85% if you look at it. And it's really, um, my coach told me forever, you know, he said, just try a little bit less and you will find more success and it just was it's like golf it's like the harder you try the worse you do it doesn't make sense to me because my whole life in wrestling was the harder you work you know the, the better you did but um once i lost two times in a row i was able to go back to the drawing board and really take the criticism and try to make adjustments and uh luckily i have the 2018 coach of the year um the coach of the century um, so he's able, and I'm, I'm coachable. Wrestlers are coachable. I've been wrestling since I was four, so I listen to everything he says. Justin, I'm, Justin over here, we've asked you about your legacy of four a lot. What does that mean to you? Is it, is it titles won, money made, opponents beaten? What does it mean to you? I mean, I think if you ask me at different times in my career, the answer will be different. Right now, it's to, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously I want to win the world title. That's what brings you notoriety as the best in the world. I'm not here. I'm going, to, I'm going to leave and quit this when I don't believe I can be the best in the world um, or I don't have a chance. So that's, that's first and foremost what's going to create my legacy. But the way I represent myself, the way I treat people, um, the way the people from the UFC see me, the way the fans um, see me, the way that I get to interact with those people. Um, like I said, at any time in my career you ask me, my answer will be different. But it will always surround positivity. And that's, you know, because what we do is, is very brutal. It's, um, but man, I know, how, I know how much happiness it brings people, even though it's violence, even though it's chaotic. I know um, how proud my parents are. I know how proud everybody that's ever met me in my life can be or will be whenever I you know, represent myself like I want to and win a world title. Sometimes in this business, it's hard to avoid negativity. I mean, we, we asked yesterday about the stuff going on with Conor McGregor. You had to reply to him. I don't think he's replied yet. I mean, are you kind of ready to have to get into a war of wars with him at some point? No, no, I wouldn't. I, would, I don't. So I picked five things, preparation, um, attitude, you know, effort, nutrition, and then never let another man control my thoughts or emotions. And then, so the, a, war world, a war of words will not happen. It's not even possible. You know, if he, if he wants to speak truth to truth, then I'm okay with that. Then I'll have that conversation. Do you think it is the truth when he tweets out, or do you think he's trying to get his name in the news cycle? I don't know. You tell me. Does he really want to, does he, I mean, of course I'm sure he thinks he, Deserves a rematch in Moscow, but like, who's gonna be, who's gonna get behind that? You mentioned you as a potential opponent. Were you aware of that? No, 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 no. I got Donald Cerrone. That's all I care about right now. And then the winner of Khabib and Tony. He's a retired man. He's not fighting no more. All right, the highlight, Justin Gaethje, man. Uh, Listen, uh, first thing that stands out, I mean, just another great human being, man. It's so funny. You know, we're talking about, you know, this violence-on-violence violence fight, uh, but you're also talking about two, like, the absolute nicest dudes, you know? I mean, just two 
class individuals, you know, a, a guy that wanted to do social work at one time in his life, and now he's out here, uh, you know, main event. It's it's crazy stuff. But I will say this: the uh, the eye thing scares me a little bit, man. That's the, weird. It just. I, I wondered why when that first interview, you when I saw it with the glasses, like, oh, look at him with his glasses, and had no idea yeah. it was an actual Dude, issue. I mean, listen, I, I I mean, for for people knowing, and I think he, you know, he said it in there, like, hey, I fought most of my career blind anyway. He, he said it this week, like, uh, he is like basically blind like he doesn't have very good eyesight um so so i mean that's not going to be i guess the concern like oh but it'll be a little blurry or it'll be whatever like no he does not have good eyesight but i mean the fact that he's talking about sensitivity to light like if you get to a point where you like need to close your eyes to get away like blurriness is one thing like if you're having trouble keeping your eyes open because you're sensitive to light that scares me i mean the fact that he said listen uh trevor whitman said we're good i know like I, I, Justin Gaethje would never pull himself out of a fight. Trevor Whitman would have absolutely no problem telling him, absolutely not, sir, we're not going to fight. Like, that's right. that's the kind of dude that Trevor Whitman is. So if Trevor Whitman says, we're good to go, then I buy in. I I, I think I buy in. But uh, And I know, like he's saying, I'm just being overly cautious, but that does scare me a little bit, man. You, uh, uh, I, I don't know, man. Just uh, the fact that he has to wear sunglasses right now, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of thing. When I saw it, I was just like, how is how can a fight happen if a guy can't walk around and feels like he might be in discomfort? How can the commission be like, all right, yeah, let's let you go out there and fight under these huge bright lights, right? You know, um, but I don't know if it, if it's just him being like you said, a precaution and doing the other stuff. But I don't know. I just I don't like the thought of somebody going there maybe not at a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but if this is something that's maybe been happening for a while then it's inevitable maybe it's just something we never really brought to that never noticed but i've just never seen him like this during a fight yeah, yeah. well just, no i mean he said he had the infection but i mean but I, I don't know i mean he says it's recovered he said, you know what yeah. i mean but i just don't know how, like again that that's the thing is is he is he literally just following directions and just being like hey listen i'm fine but like i don't know i don't even know what i would compare it to but like just doing some rehab just because or you know what i mean like I, I don't know, man. I just I, I just hope it's not an issue. I, I know yeah. he I know he'll never say it is. He'll never make an excuse. That's the kind of guy he is. A million percent. He says I'm good to go, but uh, I I don't know, man. It it does scare me a little bit. So I, I guess if you're you know if you're one of those guys that's out there trying to make a wager or, or and you're and you're you're on the fence about one thing or other, like I wouldn't use this as the only thing that you're talking about, you know. But if you're if you're if you're wavering back and forth or you, like I said, you're on the fence and you're not sure. Man, that might be something to to slide it in one direction. I thought about it. I made my staff pick. It made me think about it. Yeah. I was like, I'll just stay. Oh, did you go with? I think I went with Gagey. Interesting. I, I don't blame. I you. Listen, think so. Now I'm questioning myself. I listen, think I did. If I was if I wasn't Cowboy Ride or Die, I'd uh I'd have to say that uh I, I would seriously consider picking Justin Gagey, man. Yeah, like I think I pick Gagey. I'm pretty sure I pick Gagey. He's dangerous. All right. Uh, co-main event: Nikita Krylov versus Glover Teixeira. Uh, this is a good co-main event. This, like this card is sneaky good, man. I mean, I know we're not. It's not a pay-per-view event, and it's it's uh you know uh we, we just came off a huge huge fight card. Um, but that's that's a that's a big fight. Um, Nikita Krylov, of course, I mean a, a dangerous guy, man. V- very interesting. You know, never gone to a judge's decision, which that's awesome. So every time he goes out there and fights, you know you're getting some excitement. Glover Teixeira, not somebody that fights to the distance very often either, man. He's all about the finishes as well. Glover's hard for me to to uh, 
to, to handicap sometimes, I guess, because like he's dangerous, man. There's no question about it. He's dangerous. But at some point, I mean, he's 39 at this point. At yep. some point, he's going to look old one night. You know what I mean? Yep. And he's, you know, he's he's putting together some results. And again, he's capable of of of, of knocking out anybody. He's his jujitsu is fantastic as well. So, uh, you know, he, he's he, he, man. The back-to-back submission wins that he's got over kind of some young studs. It's tough, man, because I I I wanted to count Glover out, and I and I just think you can't count him out. So I'm a. I'm. I think this is going to be a fun fight. I don't think this is. There's any way that this goes to the judges. I think that this. You know, again, two guys that finish fights. Um, but I'll be honest with you, man. I'm. I'm. I'm having a hard time, and I think it's honestly just because I have a hard time with Glover and wondering about the the day that he's going to show up there and look old. Yeah. Well, I want to say I picked wrong on Glover the past two times he's fought. I believe it. I think I went against him, and so this time I I didn't want to do that again. So <laughs> this will be the one I'm fucking wrong again. Uh, <laughs> but this time I picked him. Um, yeah, I I thought the last ones I thought those were gonna be the fights where we were gonna we were gonna see Glover's age and that it was gonna show, and I was completely blown away by his performance the last two times. So I. Uh, I switched my pick, and I went with him this time. I, I still feel that there's gas in the tank, and I think this is the kind of fight. Um, while uh, his opponent is dangerous, I think this is the kind of fight that uh, I could see him coming out and land in those hands because I can. I I just think he's going to do a decent job of of throwing him. He's smart about it. He's he's not going to expend a lot of energy. And I don't think Nikita's going to either be the guy, the kind of guy that's going to press him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's going to come forward and he's going to try to go, but I don't see him just spending a lot of time with Glover against the cage. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but I, I think it's going to, it's going to play out in Glover's favor. Cause I, I just, I don't know. The last time I, I just thought that, oh man, the guys are going to overwork him. And this is the very a case where it could be the younger guy that's going to, you know, go in there and work him. But I, after doubting him the last two fights and have him uh, be the better man, I just believe that he's he's got enough gas in the tank for this one. And I think this is the right one because while Nikita is dangerous, um, I don't think he is unstoppable either. I mean, he's had impressive moments, and there was a point where I was like, man, this kid, he's he's something, he's something. Yeah. But then we saw him get beat. Yeah. And then we saw him get beat again. Yeah. You know, uh, so I just I I don't know. Watch this be the fight where Krylov comes in there and just starches Glover, but well, I I don't think that's going to be I'm, I don't I'm think tor- that's going to be the case. I'm torn on because I end up you know n- normally the way I do my staff picks uh, just to to peel back the curtain a little bit. I don't my staff picks I probably do my staff picks in like thirty seconds. I I, I don't want to overthink it. You know what I mean? I want to go gut gut instinct. What's your immediate reaction? This fight in your head, and you know. Picture yeah. it in your head real quick. Uh, okay, boom, boom, boom. And so my initial reaction is Nikita Krilov, and that's why I went with him yeah. my picks. So that's my official staff pick, but I got to say, since it was turned in, uh, I'm the same way, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doubting myself. I've been doubting Glover, and, and i tell you what, if Glover wins here, uh, he might have to go into that uh, never doubt him again territory, you know what I mean? Where, you know, unless we're talking about, like, he's fighting John Jones or something like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah, you but, could doubt him on that. Yeah, you can doubt him. No disrespect, you know. Yeah. No disrespect. <laughs> uh, but, you know, listen, it, 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 you know, that's the top level. But against guys that you're like, oh, I don't know. So, um, but it surprised me. His, his victory of OSP, I mean, I, I did pick OSP in that one. I thought he looked really, really good. And he, he manhandled OSP, and I was really, really surprised at how – easily that that sort of finished for him right so that made me doubt a little bit but yeah i mean when you go back and look i mean 
it's certainly not his win over Fabio Maldonado that's right. going to make me think he's going to go in and start Clover Teixeira. Right. But uh, he could. I mean, he's he's a tough he's a tough kid. He's got good hands, man, and he's he's got power. But uh, Clover's got some real power, man. It's like that. Uh, uh, I know you don't listen to a lot of Co- T- uh, Toby Keith music no, or country. No, no, no. You know, but there's that song. You know, they sing where you know it might not be as good as I once was, but I'll, I'm good once as I ever was. Right. And that's all it takes for Glover. That's right. If Glover gets in there and lands those hands, especially early on, he's dangerous. Yep. As he gets into that third round, if if he's tired, he's not going to be as as dangerous. But uh, Glover usually doesn't have a problem getting started. So, Well, my official staff pick is Nikita Krilov. Uh, I will say to any listeners of the NBA Roadshow, uh, I'll take the win if I get it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm regretting it, and I, and I kind of wish I had gone with Glover to share at this point. That, the, the way I'm feeling right now as we sit down on Thursday night, yeah. uh, I am kind of wish I had gone the other way. All right, th- that's another dude that's just super nice. Or actually, both of oh, them are very yeah, nice, yeah. but Glover, I mean, is about as yeah. – about as nice. And Nikita's really nice. He just doesn't yeah. know much English. So, right. Uh, Glover is like one of the super nicest human beings on the planet. Yeah. On the planet. I remember, man. I remember. Uh, oh man, I remember he was a. I can't remember if he was on the card. He was a guest fighter. He had to have been a guest fighter. But I'm thinking maybe he was on the card where they did an event in Brazil. Oh yeah. And they did this like. Were you there? Were you I was in Brazil. Yeah. yeah remember they did the thing where uh, like. Uh, the the community event and he went out there and, and right. they, they were planting trees like to help yep. set off like the yep, the yep, carbon yep. footprint or whatever yep, and like he there. went out there and like I mean he was really doing the thing we started talking to him and he's like well yeah man I you know I used to do landscaping yeah. and like he really had a passion for like planting trees and so yep. they were there with those kids and they were showing him how to like plant trees with like you know, rather than just a ceremonial, like, hey, I stuck the tree in the ground. That's what, I cut. That's what the ring car girls were doing. Yeah, the ring car girls like, were doing the Glover ceremonial. Was into it. Yeah, Clover was like down there on the ground, like, no, 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 man, you gotta, you gotta pat the soil in like this, and then you gotta, you gotta water it in. I'm like, this dude is cool as hell, man. Yep, I remember. Yeah, because I was gonna say, I remember when we were in Brazil. There's a moment I was doing something. And he was out working out on the beach. And I was just like, dude, can I get some B-roll? Do you mind if I just shoot you doing some whatever? And he was so gracious about it and was like, dude, whatever, whatever you need, you know, and let me shoot for like fucking 20, 30 minutes. He just did his thing. And That's I was cool. like, this dude could easily tell me just to fuck off right. or whatever. But he, was, but he was awesome. And I, that was, you know, that was years ago. And He's I remember just thinking, I was like, dude, this man. dude's solid, man. Solid, solid dude. He's phenomenal. All right, heavyweight uh, in the uh, the feature fight here, Todd Duffy versus Jeff Hughes. And this fight is getting a lot of attention mainly because of one guy, and that is Todd Duffy returning from more than four years on the sideline. Uh, he, he battled with the UFC during that time. He had injuries during that time. He had all kinds of stuff going on. So, you know, I think there was a lot of attention going in already about this fight, at least some intrigue and some interest. Uh, but Todd Duffy is kind of um, – I don't know, man. He's even, he's parlayed that even more this week. He's been very open. He's been – Todd's an interesting character, man. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, like, uh, he'll just walk up to you at the gym and, and start, you know, talking and riffing, and he's super open, man. He has – he just has no filter in terms of what he's talking about, uh, what he's saying, whether it offends you or not. Like, he just doesn't care. That's just not what he – what matters to him. But he's, he's super open. And – this week he's kind of expressed some strong opinions about uh, – he did an interview uh, with young Mike Bond the other day where he kind of touched on this, where he, he doesn't think the media is doing a good job. It's, it's going in a bad direction. Um, and I don't, I, to be honest with you, I felt a lot of this is, 
is interesting. Now, he spoke for a long time. I trimmed it down. This is still actually um, a pretty hefty uh, interview, I'll, I'll be honest with you up front. But I think you're going to find it entertaining enough. I trimmed out some dead spots in it uh, from the media day-to-day. But, but I, I think you're going to like it. And I even left the intro in where the camera's already rolling. So I, I'll, I'll give credit to the young Mike Bond. Uh, and that is a lesson to aspiring uh, videographers or, or, or media members, I would say, is Get the camera on and recording as early as possible, <laughs> and leave it on as long as possible. Uh, because some, I think, sometimes some of those best moments uh, come, you know, kind of when they think it hasn't really started yet, or they think it's over. Uh, depending on your camera gear, you may or may not be able to focus your camera. That's the only drawback if you're using like a, a, a lower type camera. Uh, a lot of those, the, the focus uh, won't adjust, so you can't because you're trying to make sure the image looks solid. But just a little, and a little forbid, tip for the don't, pro. Don't set that shit on autofocus, or you will fuck your shot. <laughs> <laughs> Tips <laughs> for the pro. But yeah, the earlier you can roll, the better, because sometimes you get little moments. And here was kind of one of those moments. Uh, so, so you'll hear the start of this, and then we'll get in the full interview. But as Todd Duffy walks up, and I think about this, he hasn't been at a UFC event in four years, right? Um, nowadays, I mean, things are a little different. Uh, but the way the media day was set up in Vancouver was kind of what they do for the smaller events. And, and, and I don't mean that any disrespect because this is a good fight card. But when you consider, and again, we talked about the fact that, you know, I'm not there, you're not there, um, and, and a lot of it boiled down to budget. When you think about it, uh, especially the way companies look at it, man, even though the annual budget is the annual budget, months stand out and they get bosses' attentions and people start looking at red flags and they panic, right? Yep. So you consider how much money we just spent on Abu Dhabi and how much money we know we're going to spend in Australia uh, in just a couple of weeks. This is one of those events where we're like, man, we got to keep this on the cheap, you know? And, and I think a lot of a lot of outlets are in that spot. So when I say a smaller event, there's not much media there this week. Of course, the, the local Canadian media has made it, but there's not a lot of traveling media. And that's why, because if you're trying to cover Abu Dhabi, you're trying to cover Australia, man, you're spending a lot of money. So anyway, what I'm saying is on these smaller events, what they do is instead of doing the big media day where everybody's at different stations and the media bounces around between the stations, they just set up one backdrop, you know, almost like a post-fight interview, and they just bring the fighters in one at a time. Well, Todd had uh, obviously never been a part of, of one <laughs> of these setups, and so right when he walks up, uh, he's like, and, and you'll hear it, he's like, what's up with this? Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't like it. So you hear the opinions right away, and then he continues to lay in opinions and opinions after this. So um, anyway, listen, I think Todd has gotten a lot of attention this week, and rightfully so, and, and he's brought a lot of it on himself with the things that he's talking about. Um, but I, I thought you guys would uh, would like to listen to this because he's, he's got some points that I think are, uh, are definitely worth discussing. Here's Todd Duffy. So this is not like a good format, is it, you think? How did you realize up to you? Would you rather do one-on-ones or scrums like this? I think you're getting less out of people, aren't you? Do they do this? Yeah, but, you, like, but you can change that. You control everything. Do I? Oh, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fighter on cutting weight and stuff. Yeah, this is miserable for those guys, I bet. Looking at you guys, like, fuck this. This is fine for me. I don't mind. I'm just saying. Seems a weird format. Could you go? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, how have things been at Extreme Couture? Because you've been there for a while now, and you, I know you've been really immersed with the team and uh, you know working with everyone. How's that been? Great. Uh, Ray's got a bunch of incredible, incredible heavyweights, some great light heavyweights over there. Uh, it's a great group of guys, man. You could ask for more. Eric's done a good job of turning that gym into a really incredible team. Back when I was there ten years ago, it was a, it was like a, it was like a group of mercenaries. 
You know, now it's a group. Of, it's a group of teammates. It's amazing. <laughs> it's funny when you came in here, you're saying, "Oh, this is a good format." We don't really hear fighters talking about the best way to use the media time and stuff like that. When did you think you came aware of the issues we're having as the media? Well, issues. You guys have trouble expressing. Like you guys just crash fighters. Sadly, there's always a hit piece on something. Like I don't, I don't know. That's not. Like this is not necessarily an issue. I just don't know if you're going to get the same. Looks like I already won, guys. <laughs> you guys don't build fighters up enough at all. You just don't. I'm sorry. I'm not talking to anybody directly. I just seen it throughout my career. This is the most prestigious sport in the world, guys. That's why you guys are into it. This is the most difficult sport in the world. This is not football. This is not NASCAR. I don't have a teammate that walks in there with me to go live and die that day. And you guys don't respect it enough, honestly. Sometimes. Sorry. And if you're taking it personal, it's probably you. So. <laughs> is, is there a piece that stood out like for yourself? Is there somebody who went after you? You're not that name. Oh, there's been tons of guys that go after me. I'm, a, I'm an easy target, though, right? Like, I've had a lot of hype. I'm a heavyweight. I'm exciting. I've had some high lows. You know, I've been here. I've been there. Um, I'm an easy target. Yeah, I've seen some of that. But to me, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily, I don't care as much. But it's more of like the public perception that you guys have, that you're scoping. It's your job to scope and explore these storylines and explore what really goes on in that sport. and. Man, yeah, I don't know if you guys love it enough. I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, we're out here getting brain damage, and you guys are like, he sucks. It's like, does he? <laughs> He's fighting the best in the world. Everyone that's in the UFC is called the Ultimate Fighting Championships. Whether or not there's a belt on the line, the BMF belt, or whatever it may be, we're all champions. We all have risen to this level, and I think guys deserve more respect. I'm not talking about me. I've had a, a great experience with the media for the most part. Like, I've been pushed to the front. I've had incredible opportunities that maybe I didn't earn sometimes. That's fine. But there's other guys. There's across the board. Yeah, it's, it is what it is, though, right? I mean, that's up to you guys. I mean, how, how does that differ, though, from the NFL? Like, you, you always see reporters talk about this team's O-line isn't very good and uh, all, of, all of these kind of things. In the that's X's and O's. This is not X's and O's. This is fighting. It's a lot different. And I don't know that maybe you guys, some of you guys may not have the full understanding of martial arts. I don't know. It's a, it's a different, it's not a sport. It's fighting. Do you think it's our negativity, because obviously we always talk about how the fans are very negative, especially yeah. on social media. Do you think it's our negativity that drives that? Or do you think perhaps it's... Well, it's both. It's clickbait. It's clickbait. Whatever you can, you know, and I understand. I, I get it. Like, we're, this is a money-driven sport. I'm doing this for money. You're doing this for money at the end of the day. Like, maybe our passions, but we got to eat. So, I mean, it, it's not a personal attack necessarily. I just... I think Brennan Schaub is the one that said it recently. I saw on like a clip. It's just like you guys, there's this is, there's a the, we've lost a little bit of the prestige of the pride era. Like these guys were on a pedestal for a reason because they deserve to be there. And like, it's not the same anymore. Now we just like, oh, he loses, he shit. It's like, well, what about the 21 fights before that? Or like, however that may play out. I don't know. Like it's just, uh, this is the to me this is the hardest sport. I can't imagine a more difficult task for a man or a woman, and I can't, this is the most prestigious sport there is, like, it, in my opinion, and it, it, it's not expressed enough. That's, that was kind of what my attack might have been, and I was just frustrated. I'd done like four interviews, I was tired, I was ready to go to bed, you know, I needed a nap. Without getting too deep into it, do you not think that maybe that's just a cultural shift in general in society? That well, we, yeah, we're on the, we're, right, so the, the Western cultural shift of like, the, we love to build these stars and crush them. I, I understand that, but it's still up to you guys to keep the. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's our job. I don't know. 
I don't know how we do that as fighters. I don't think fighters really shit on each other so much unless they're just trying to get publicity to get a fight. Uh, and even then, after you watch them the moment they're done, they're like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> so it's like, he pushed me to the limit. Um, but it's kind of irrelevant to me, you know, I, like, I just had a grumpy, I was grumpy and tired, I needed a nap. I went and took a nap afterwards. And <laughs> kind of on that note with the media, like, do you just not read any of the interviews, any of the things because of that, because you're just expecting a lot of negativity? Yeah, I don't really. Same thing with social media, you kind of just not on that a lot just to... Mm, I mean, I play around on like Instagram, it's fun, I'm bored. Because yeah. uh, you get some of that too on social media with you know, a lot of negativity as well. Yeah, and that's again, it's like, again, you nailed it, it's a cultural thing. I'm not, again, I wasn't necessarily attacking, but it's like... There is a lack of prestige now within our sport. We're on ESPN now. Like we're, we've 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 broke through in, in a sense, right? So now more than ever, we need that prestige built back up. It's like these guys are putting their lives on the line. Like look at the older fighters. Look what's going on. I, I completely agree with you. But then if you take ESPN, you've got people like Steve May Smith just shouting and screaming and putting everyone down. <clears throat> yeah, but everybody knows that about him because like that's his job. Is there any part of this that you know you mentioned? Does it make it okay? You mentioned the money-making industry, you know, uh, I think we're seeing a shift back towards sort of titles being given out on merit, but do you think the UFC has contributed to any of that with matchmaking, maybe not giving the number one contender the shot? I can't even get into that. I don't know enough about, like, how things are being played. I don't know who votes for the top ten. Uh, do you know? Uh, yes. And it's, yeah, how do they pick those people? How do they pick the judges right now? Like, I mean, again... How many of you guys are blue belt level in jiu-jitsu? How many of you guys are seeing a setup? And this is not a just, it's not like, I'm a fan too, guys, so let me set, like, but I'm just saying, like, the, 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 we have such ways to go for education. There's things I still have to learn, you know? Like, um, it's just going to take years, you know? But we're just at the beginning, but I, being at the beginning of this ESPN and, like, all this, I just feel like, if anything that needs to get across to these fans is the prestige and like the reality of what's really going on, the truth of the sport and like what's really good, what's really being put on the line. And every fan respects that. I know that. That's why they're watching it, you know. Um, but again, it does have that pro wrestling feel, so. Uh, Todd, I actually want to pick up on a comment you made earlier, because you're not the first one to say that, that, that there's a difference between sport and fighting. Uh, what, you know, how do you make that difference? This is sport yeah. fighting. This okay. is as close as we can get. Uh, but at the end of the day, in a sport, I'm trying to score a touchdown, I'm trying to score a basket. I'm trying to inflict as much pain on my opponent for him to either quit or physically not be able to continue. That's not a sport. That's a spectacle, maybe. That's a, uh, it's a fight. It's just flat out a fight with a couple rules to make it a gentleman's agreement so where the public can be like, oh yeah, it's a sport. We're, we can get behind this brain damage. <laughs> For all the, uh, the talk of the media stuff, I mean, you do have a fight coming up with Jeff Hughes. He got married last weekend. I mean, what are your thoughts on him as an opponent? I haven't thought much about him. I mean, I, I'm aware of his, uh, his skill set. I'm aware of his, uh, his legacy run. I'm aware of his UFC run. I've watched and seen him as an opponent. I don't, he's my opponent. That's my thoughts. <laughs> I want to go out there and fight. Did it feel like this day would maybe never come all the time? You've been through the injuries, the money stuff, everything else. Did you ever consider walking away? Uh, I never considered walking away. I told Joe Silva, I said, Joe, uh, I'm going to be training every day. Uh, you can ask the promoter, pr the, uh, you can ask the uh, reporters and stuff that have been in the gym. I'm there. I've still been around the sport. I've not left. Um, it's just a matter of doing what I could do within my bubble. You know, that was, that's all. Um, there were concerns that maybe I wouldn't get back to the UFC, of course. This is, but this is where I want to be. I, this is the premiere of the sport, you know. Um, of course I had all those fears, but... Uh, I didn't think that I would walk away from the sport. No, I love the sport. 
okay. what inspires you to keep uh, pushing through and keep coming back? Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drug. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that at a period of time when I was post-fight. Couldn't get anybody to really support the idea of me coming back for you know with the current situation I was under. Um, it's like, well, why do I want to do this so bad? And I. It's a drug, I guess. I don't. It's sad, sad as it. Like I don't know how else, but I do. I love it. I love martial arts. I love fighting. It's competition. Is it is purest though? Is is kind of a drug though, in a sense. You know, it's addicting. What do you suggest? I mean, if you were in our shoes right now and you were standing behind these cameras, what would you do that we don't do? I would build up the fighters. How so? I would never shit on a fighter. Anybody that walks out there and risks their life for your entertainment, because that's that's what's going on. Whether you wanna you wanna like ignore the realities of it. I would be thankful to them. I would, you know, they're why, they're, it's, you're why I'm here, I'm why you're here, right? There's this mutual, like, I need you, you need me. Um, I'm not a reporter, I don't have that skill set, and I think there's a lot of really great reporters out there. There's nothing, again, the attack, I was grumpy, it's just like a frustration that I've seen. This is the most prestigious sport in the world, and it needs to be presented that way, and there's no other way to present it. Winners and losers, one thing's gonna happen that night. One guy's going to win and one guy's going to lose, regardless of how skill level and not always the best guy wins and not always the best guy loses. Like, it's just, I just think it's a martial arts, it needs, there needs to be more of a martial arts take on it, more of a pure take on it, maybe. Um, less of a uh, clickbaity type of the situation. And again, I'm not really scouring the internet the way I was, but I still see just guys get just crapped on. I'm like, why, why would you speak about, like, yeah, he lost a fight. Big deal, he lost a fight to another guy that's incredible. That's why we're watching the sport, because me and Jeff are fighting because you guys don't know who's going to win, right? That's why we're fighting. You guys might think I'm better, you might think he's better, but at the end of the day, we don't know. That's why we got to go out there and do it. And it's, with other sports, it's a lot easier to bet on them, I'm sure. You were talking about bringing the martial arts back into this and prestige. Is that something that's unique to this sport? Like, I mean, we have other combat sports like boxing stuff, but is it because of where this sport's come from that we need to get that prestige back? I think so, yeah. I think so. And again, it's just, it's the reality of what we're doing. I just, I don't, I don't, I think you guys look at this like a video game sometimes, and it's not. Look at our older fighters, guys. Look what's going on. Why it's do not. You think, Why do you think that gets lost on people? Is it just kind it's of not behind a camera lens. I put my phone up right now, all of a sudden I'm not here either. I'm watching you guys through my phone. It's pretty simple. I would think, I mean, it's easy to detach yourself. You don't want to attach yourself to it. The moment you do, then you have to like, it's tough to, it's, I don't like to face reality every day. I'm like, oh, huh. I'm into that. <laughs> you know? Do you think it would always be beneficial, I mean, this is obviously never going to it's not completely hypothetical, but is it always beneficial to have a friend who fights and you watch and you see the genuine consequences of it? Because that point about we look it through a lens and disassociate ourselves is, I think that's a really good point. But I've had friends who fight and stuff, and when you see it and you're there. It changes their perspective almost immediately, yeah. I've seen some guys like, even my close friends, like they, you know, they went out to my fight, saw me lose, and like their whole perception of the sport changed. They're just like, oh, they're sick. They're like, I had no idea. It's like, yeah, this is this is it. You don't enjoy it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess I could help, but I, I mean, again, it's just I didn't mean to be overly critical. Like, I don't think you guys have an easy job. I don't. Like, you guys have been a big part of why we're at the ESPN. I'm not. I don't know who, but I mean. It's, you guys are pushing the sport. You guys are taking chances. You guys are investing in something that necessarily wasn't probably investing you in the beginning either. Like I don't, it wasn't necessarily as a. I, I just think that that pride era of prestige, that K1 era of prestige, is where we should have our sport. Is where we should always have it in our mind, and we should build towards that. 
or at some point it's just going to be like backyard fighting again. Is it an oversaturation issue? I mean, there's 600 fighters as opposed to one pay-per-view a month. Yeah, there's only 600 fighters in the UFC. That's it. That's not many, is it? No, not really, but when you compare the 600 guys. There's only 600 guys in the UFC right now. Damn. That's hard to get there then, yeah, isn't it? that's the best. Those are the best guys, perceivably the best guys in all of the world, 600 of us. There's how many in the heavyweight division? 80, 60? No way, there's 80 or 60, maybe 40, 50? So there's 40 or 50 of us in the heavyweight division. That's wild. Like, damn, those guys are amazing then, right? Like, they're the best in the world. And I don't think it's an oversaturation issue. I think there's only 600 of us. That's not a lot. I mean, how many are there in the NFL? Those guys are gods. Those guys are gods. They play in the NFL. Right? Like, look at the respect they get on the streets. They get more respect than anybody. Like, they walk down the street, oh, you're in the NFL. Oh, my God. Why isn't it like that in the UFC? Why do people look at me like, oh, you're a fighter? What's the... I think it is to a degree, though, don't you? Like, if you're walking around, people are really thankful. Like, if you're walking around the city and people see you, they're probably very thankful that you're here. And more so in person than, yeah, yeah, probably. More so than, like, a media perspective or a social media perspective. But there's only 600 of us, man. That's not a lot. That's really tough to get here. And every one of those guys, if they go 0-5 or if they go 5-0, and 0, they got my respect. I, I think, like, good job. You got it here. You made the sacrifices. You put in the time. Um, it's not an easy task. 600, that's not a lot, no? You, you acted think, like it's over. Think of it in the world perspective. What I'm comparing it to is pride with whether we're 40 guys. And that's why when... Yeah, but there's only like 40 guys in my division. Yeah. You said, you know, like maybe 50? There's only 50 of us. That's nuts. It's hard to find a fight to get them to match up, right? You know, you'll have guys sit out. It takes like, it's tough. Yeah, it takes months, yeah. yeah it takes months sometimes. You got to yeah, call somebody. There, guys. Right. Oh. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. Todd Duffy not being afraid to uh, to share his thoughts and cool coffee man I was kind of I'm kind of interested in this because um, all right there's uh, first of all it's easy to say right off the bat Todd you're crazy you know it's it's bottom line it's not the media's job to build up the fighters right um, and that's I mean you could stop right there and you could say listen it is not our job to build up the fighters and that is true I mean it is. To a degree, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt us to help build up the fighters. I mean, we're trying to build an audience for our website, right? So it doesn't hurt for us to uh, to tell people who they should be watching and you know what matters and that sort of thing. Um, but it's not our job. That's that's PR's job. That's the UFC PR's. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's the promotion and that's the fighter and that's their own brand. I yeah. mean, you're right. I mean, because when you think about it, on on the the bad side of it is. You know, we uh, when you you mentioned we want to build our site, you want to build whatever, you know. So yes, by building up these fighters, it, it creates interest, right? And makes them want to go to your site to read more. But right. also on the flip side, the fighter could do something stupid. We could write about that, which Absolutely. doesn't help the fighter, but that brings us brings that's, us views. That's the you know? point. That's the point. Is I do believe that yes, you can help. Uh, you know, help people understand who these people are, you know, uh, who's worth watching, like I said, on the prelims or, or whatever, you know, who, who, who should you keep an eye on moving forward, that sort of thing. But at the same time, yeah, if somebody does something stupid, whether it be in or out of the cage, we can't be afraid to talk about it because we're right. trying to build this guy up. So I think there is part of that. I mean, now, is he right that sometimes it feels like it's easier to jump on the negative? Maybe, maybe. And I mean, especially in this, 
you know, we talk about Conor McGregor and all his the stuff that's going on there. I mean, yeah, is it, is it some, does that stuff click? It does click, you know. And do people want to read about that stuff? I mean, apparently. Yeah. Um, so so maybe maybe it is easier to be negative. But here's one thing that I, I I did like, and I and I really do believe about what Todd said, and it is something that you have to balance every now and then, where he says, look, this is not just a sport, a typical sport. Yeah, yes, it is a sport, but you know, people. There are there are real things going on here in terms of guys putting their lives on the line and guys basically knowing and, and girls as well. When I say guys, I mean that in the, the generic term, athletes um, putting their lives on the line and and athletes understanding that they're probably going to suffer some brain trauma. There's going to be problems uh, later in life that they deal with. I mean, if nothing else, the grind of practice every day is definitely putting. Uh, you know, toll on their body. Now they're keeping themselves in great physical condition as well, but, you know, knees, elbows, shoulders, you know, things like that are probably taking some damage. They're going to hurt later in life. I mean, uh, you, you know, I, I don't, I doubt anybody gets out of this game scot-free. Right. You know what I mean? They're going to have some issues. Uh, it's not quite, I wouldn't think, the level of, say, NFL, where we're watching, I mean, horrific stories of athletes deteriorating very, very quickly right. when their career is done, but damage nonetheless. So yeah. I will say this. The thing about journalists remembering uh, the quote-unquote what's being put on the line and that this isn't just a sport, that it is hand-to-hand -hand combat, and, and I do say that from time to time. If you're a long-time listener to the MMA Road Show, you'll know. I've said this every now and then. I do think we get stark reminders, whether it be a brutal knockout or, or something. You get a stark reminder that, hey, Man, I know we, we get jovial about this sport. We talk about matchups and we talk about who screwed up and we talk about this and that and that. At the end of the day, do not forget what these people are doing when they put their, th themselves in the cage. And from that perspective, I do think Todd deserves at least a little bit of uh, positive response to saying that, yes, maybe the media can, can, can be sure to remember to show at least a little bit of respect for what these people are doing. And that's true. I mean, I get that completely. But he's also, I mean, he's very, very close to the subject because he was also, it seemed like it felt like he was dismissive to like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I took the wrong, but like, like the NFL and other ones, he wanted it to be like, our sports, this is the one that you need to really pay attention to. Because like you said, I mean, like, we've seen the brain trauma, we've seen the, the things that happen with NFL athletes, any, you know, sort of repeat uh, concussion and concussive all these hits that they're taking, I mean, but also, I mean, so it's not like there's a football player out there. I mean, some of out there after the fact and, and do sort of bring that up. But it, I, I, could, I definitely felt it was more like, look at our problems. Our problems are different and unique, and they are, and it is, and it is fighting. But again, this isn't like two guys fighting for their lives outside where it's out of their control, and I would maybe feel more sympathetic to the fact that uh, – and, and not – is like taking damage. Were, yeah, these were like prisoners of war put in gladiatorial combat. Right, you know, you know, where it's a legit Something fight. Like then that, I'm like, like, wow, man, life brought them to this point where they had it was out of their control and they had to fight and look at the damage that's happening. This is still a sport where you have two individuals that went in and decided this is what I want to do. And I have all the respect in the world for them going in there. But I also understand that damage is going to come, you know, but it doesn't mean I put it – outside of something because there's just happens to be a combat sport. There's other occupations and other things happen out there where people are in situations where they cause damage to their bodies. But, you know, 
they wanted to do that, right. you know. But I, I am sympathetic. But I mean, I think that's the kind of thing where I would never do something where somebody, you know, gets the sheet beat out of them and their family is heartbroken. I'm not going to do a, a, hey, look at this motherfucker get knocked out video. Like yeah. I'm not. I'll be respectful in that manner. I'm not going to cheapen. There you go. A, a loss by putting something stupid out there that would be disrespectful of the effort that's put in there. Yep. But it's not going to mean that I'm not going to show the person uh, losing. And it feels right. like they're almost like, you know, hey, like if they if he had his way, he'd probably want nobody to ever show anything of anybody ever losing because this guy's going out there and they're putting it on the line, and I get it. But it is still a sporting event when it comes to it. It does happen to be, um, you know, a combat sport. But, I mean – there's a lot of other sports out there that get very violent as well and can get aggressive, but um, I think that just that's a personal choice on us. And I think I like the way that, for the most part, we as a brand um, don't try to cheapen when there are losses. Don't try to make something light of it to where it's just you know uh, gerrymandering to the bullshit out there. Right. I mean, I think you could be respectful See, and do your job, but it's not our job to promote. We're not we're not promoters. Yeah. We cover the sport, you know, whether it be good and bad, but I think you could be respectful in the way that you do it. But I'm not going to also put you on a platform because you choose to do something that's super exciting and something that I wouldn't want to do. I'm not going to put you as an idol status because I'm able to make a living covering your thing, uh, your sport that you happen to choose. Because sure. yeah, he even you're said in your putting on a pedestal like that's yeah. That's I mean, like accurate. you choose to do this, and I. I completely respect you want to do, but I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, treat everything that you do with, you know, with, with kid gloves and yeah. never think that you can never do so, you know, do wrong. That's or whatever. fair. No, that's not our job to I, do that. I think that's fair. I, I think what it, I guess what it reminded, I guess what I, what I took out of it or that I liked about it, because I do think this is something that, that sometimes people in our sport need reminding of is uh, like like you said, show a little bit of respect. You know, I, it's a, it's a yeah. silly thing, and, and I've never really talked to my employers about this, but uh, my bosses. But like for instance, when when I am on press row, when I'm working out front, you know, I love the videos of the winner going by press row. To be honest with you, I don't shoot the losers going by press row on my little camera phone. Like worst moment of their life, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolute worst moment of their life. Now listen, there's already a USC camera in their face anyway, so it's already being documented. But I don't feel the need. To stick a to, to stick my cell phone in their face on the worst moment of their life, you know, right. I want to show them a little bit of respect. You know what right. I mean? I, I know right now all they want to do is the world to go away, and they, and they want to go get in their locker room, right. and, and they want to be out. I don't do that. Same thing. I always say, and I always tell this of young journalists as well, uh, or, or anybody that ever asks me advice. I'm like, do not ever write, uh, speak, tweet whatever anything that you would not say to somebody's face you know what i mean if right. you if you could sit down to somebody man to man and criticize them as you said when they do you know when they do something wrong hey you know what man i felt like maybe your game plan wasn't there this evening i felt like maybe your execution wasn't there it didn't look like me you were ready for the wrestling those were all fair versus like dude i just think you suck i i think you, right. you know what i mean like i do agree like those sort of things i do agree like i i, I do think sometimes there is so much negativity in our sport from the media you know that I I think we could be a little more aware that yeah man what these people are doing, granted it is a sport it's it, it, but it ain't a normal sport right. you know what I mean and there are life and death repercussions yes. that could happen and that and, yes. and that I get I mean, uh and that is the kind of thing that I think you have to respect that I mean there is that moment of respect knowing that this, while this is a sport there are accidents that could happen that somebody could very well lose their life. So that you need to have a, a, a sense of respect in that when they are going out there doing this, 
give it the mind, you know, to watch it and respect it how it is. Don't cheapen losses just for the fact to make a click vid. That's it. You know, or whatever. Something that you, you like you said, be able to say it in their face. You know, don't cheapen uh, the efforts and the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that these fighters are going out there and doing it by not doing a great job and not doing something that you could be proud of. If you're just putting something together... Yeah, I always like to say, you know, I mean, half the stuff I know that we're shooting and editing, it's not going to get me an Emmy or whatever. But that's the kind of shit that I aspire and want to be at is that creating stuff that I could look back at some point and be proud of. And I'm not going to be proud if I do something I cheapen and I do something disrespectful to the effort that's going out there. Two guys or gals going out there, putting it all on the line, um, and then I do a cheap sort of just whatever bullshit video. Yeah. How could I ever – you know, look upon myself and, and not feel like just a shithead. Yep. So I think as us, as journalists need to be able to, um, you know, be able to cover the sport, but be respectful, but also can you look back at what you do and be proud of that? And if you're just going out there and do something that's just trying to be clicky, knowing that, huh, I'm never going to see this fighter again. I'm never going to actually be whatever. And that's why I think it's easy for these people that don't go to events, that don't go to these fighters, because it's hard to not get attached to fighters in a way. Like, it is very, very difficult um, to try to stay unbiased well, and, and stay opposite. I just think they do commands a certain level of respect. And it should, and it does, because, I mean, they're doing stuff that, one, that just the, let alone the, the dedication and the hard work, is just it's unbelievable it's you know charts, i wish i wish i could make myself do the same right. i just not that strong of a person um so i respect completely what they go out and do and just to you know see people that are willing to just disregard that for for their own quick game without realizing that you know because half of them never see these fighters right we go to events i see we, we see the families there i mean that's one of the things that always gets me on a fight week was you see the family you see the wife, you see the kid, or you see, you know, maybe the husband or the significant other, and then you watch the fight, and then say the fight doesn't go in that fighter's way. You see the immediate reactions of their of their family, and you you feel the, the brevity of the moment, you know. And how can you in that moment feel, um, you know, like oh, I, man, I can make a video right now about that person's family and probably get a a ton of clicks, which I'm sure there maybe are some people out there, but. There's something about this when you see respect that. when you respect these people yeah. that uh, something inside of you just it's like you can't do it because I would feel like an absolute piece of shit that you know like it's the kind of thing you know don't do something that's gonna up you know that you can't go home to mom and have her not be like that's oh right. yeah you know um, but I get it I get it I think there is a way to you know I think as journalists if anything is to look at. Uh, how we carry ourselves, how we're doing it. Are we at least being respectful to the degree? I mean, not being too overtly, you know, you can't be biased and you can't be like, like you said, we're not, you're not trying to promote them, but you know, can you at least look at what you're doing and be proud that you're uh, handling the moment with the respect that it deserves? Because like, like we said, life or death could happen. But I'm not going to get away from the fact that they are choosing to go in this moment. But I'm not going to put them on a pedestal. But I will give them the utmost respect that I absolutely 
uh, am so respectful of what you have done and that you've chosen to do to do this sort of thing. And I know I'm talking in circles and stuff because it's this is a tough. That's what I'm saying. It's, that's it's why, a tough. That's why it's I a tough it, moment to. Uh, I, I found it interesting. That's why I, did, I found the, the point interesting because yeah, I, I feel where he's coming from and I feel like there's some validity to it. But he's obviously he had a lot of time away to think about this as well. <laughs> he did. A lot he's, of time. He's obviously a little too far in the other direction. And right. like I said, I mean, we can't just – not everybody needs to come in here and be like, oh, Yeah, it's definitely not an fire. impartial opinion. Right. Off to the, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just I, I just found it interesting. So uh, listen, a lot, lot of attention on that this week. It's and, good. Uh, it's somebody should moment. be able to bring it up every once in a while because that's not – I mean, every once in a while you might hear somebody say, oh, man, I don't like doing these or I'm going to get fined. And that's as much as they say, you right. know. But, but if you a lot of the reasons why, you know, why don't you like doing this? Yep. Because you might say, oh, well, most of you motherfuckers aren't respectful of what yep. we're doing. Here's a guy that's coming out and saying that. I and I think it's good every once in a while for somebody to come out and say, hey, motherfuckers, be aware of what you're doing. If you're being disrespectful, you got to realize, hey, we're out here in a life or death sport, you know. So there you go. Good on, good on him. I dig it. All right. So let's talk about the rest of his main card. I, listen. Uh, I, I do think this has the potential to be a very, very entertaining card. Michelle Pajeda, uh all action, crazy man, uh, fun. I mean, just absolute showman. Uh, gets a late notice replace, replacement in Tristan Connolly. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, uh, Pajeda is uh, no, no stranger to, to, to taking weird fights and weird matchups. He's fought all over the world. Um, but that guy is, is all action. So that should be fun. We mentioned earlier, Uriah Hall versus Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, I mean, that's – Yes, this is the modern day of MMA where everybody knows everything. But, man, to me, that is old school striker versus grappler. Like, there's no way – yes, we all practice everything and we all know a little bit. But there's no way Uriah's game plan has anything to do with grappling with Shoeface. And there's no <laughs> way that Shoeface's game plan has anything to do with, yeah, let's just stand in the pocket and see what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like – This guy doesn't have any sort of spinning yeah. techniques yeah, that yeah, I no, need to worry not about. Not at all, Nothing. man. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Uriah Hall is is, is all action on the feet, and, and Shoe Face is all action on the ground. So uh, I, that's, that's that's a what very she fun said. fight. Oh, <laughs> Manscaped. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, it, it starts out with it with a really intriguing fight too. Misha Serkinov, who's um, was, was riding highs, had some setbacks, but is still a very dangerous fighter uh, against uh, Jim Crute. Not sure if you've heard of him or not, but Jim Crute is is the man's name. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> of course, Jim Crute. Is it Jim or Jimmy? Jimmy Crute. Got to love it. The uh, the infamous uh, press conference down in Australia where uh, <laughs> somebody was asking Dana White if this card, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't deep enough. And he said, have you heard of Jimmy Crute? And that became kind of the, the rallying uh, cry around Jimmy Crute, which, by the way, was addressed. It was uh, Oscar Willis who brought it up. And he it was funny. He said, o dot S. Yeah, O dot S dot. O dot S dot. brought it up and said uh, – you know, how many times have you heard that? And he's like, uh, too many to count. And he's like, are you tired of it? And he said, absolutely not. Like, I'm cool. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? The fact that, you know, that's that's my rallying call. That's good. But uh, but out of those out of those bottom trio right there, Cole Coffey, uh, you're more fired up for one or the other. You feel certain about one or the other. You, you got any feelings about these? Because mm. I, I, I think this six-fight main card, dude, I'm telling you, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. No, the, the Sirkinov-Crute fight, that is going to be a good one. But, I mean – 
uh, Shoeface is awesome. Uriah is awesome. Uh, I love the fact that I mean Uriah is another. He's another guy that I think about that ha- that likes to bust media's balls. He does. Um, but when he warms up, man, he is a lot of fun. So actually, I'm I'm really into that fight because and Uriah I mean, out at Fortis now, man. So yeah. that's you know obviously we, we we got a little love. But for also Fortis. Antonio. I mean Alex Davis is a big big friend of the road show and uh, friend of us. You know we stayed out at his place in Brazil. You know so it's like. You root against his dude. I mean, we're going to hear about shit, yep. you know. So that one's an interesting one. But out of those three, uh, that fight is the one that uh, sits on there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested into the Serkinov one as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Uriah Hall and Carlos Jr., uh, that should be fun. Yeah, six-fight main card should be nice. Prelims not too bad as well. Augusta Sakai versus Marcin Tabora, a big heavyweight fight there. Uh, two guys that are not necessarily the most – uh, athletic-looking dudes of all time, but they both can come in and bang. That could be a good fight. Undefeated fighters in Miles Johns versus Cole Smith. Hunter Azur making his way out to contender series. Brad Katona. Brad, uh, always, I mean, kind of an underrated cat. He's one of those un- unassuming dudes. You yeah. know, with, with, I like him. Oh, the, 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 Clark, Kent, the Clark Kent of right? the UFC, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, with the glasses and, uh, you know, the accent and all that. But uh, So that's a good fight right there. Yeah. Jordan Griffin versus Chas Skelly should be a good fight as well. Ryan McDonald, the Fight. Lewis Smoke, uh, a big roadshow favorite as well. Uh, we can't hang out with him anymore because he's sober now, but but, uh, but we still like him very much. No, we'll, just we'll, just be, we'll just be good. Just not, well, yeah, we'll be good. He probably encouraged us a little bit. And then starts out with Austin Hubbard versus Kyle Prepolet. By the way, uh, one fight that's not happening, Andrew Sanchez versus Marvin Vittori was supposed to happen. Oh, it's, yeah. it's going Speaking to be rebooked at a later eye date. Issues, right? I was going to say, <laughs> so here's the thing. Andrew Sanchez had like some eye issues, as we were talking about with uh, – uh, with the main event with Justin Gaethje as well, but he it wasn't some, like pink eye or something, was it? Yeah, it sounded was like it some eye? kind of infection like that as well. But 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 by the way, Marvin Vittori, who uh, is kind of just a hothead overall, like yeah. Marvin Vittori is basically a hothead. Uh, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying he's like just got passion in his in his, oh, yeah. his uh, you know his sleeve. He's Italian, you know. Well, it makes like, sense. Boopity <laughs> That was a Family Guy reference there. That was a Family Guy <laughs> reference. Sorry, that was. A, that pro- if that sounded racist, I apologize. Sorry for all the Italians that he just Sorry, completely. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, they just dropped us from the iTunes store in Italy. Uh, no, I love I love Italy. I've been to Italy a couple times. Yes. I love it. It was an iTunes reference. I mean, yes. an iTunes reference. Mi piace l'Italia. Oh uh, yeah, you live there, man. But anyway, the summer. So uh, Marvin Vittori basically, once he found out what happened, just got absolutely pissed and like. Yeah, he was fired up. I mean, just absolutely pissed. How soon after uh, he found out did we get him in that interview? Literally, like, right after it became official. I was going to say, that was, like, really close. So, Mike Bond was scheduled to talk to him, and the fight got scrapped, but he was already scheduled. So, we were like, yeah, we'll still talk to him. So, he came down, and, oh, yeah, he he was definitely not happy about it. Now, you know, a day or two later, maybe he cooled off, but, hey, we got him at the right time. He was pissed. But I, I say that all to just say, Pay attention to that because not that you wouldn't have paid attention to Andrew Sanchez versus Marvin Matori, two very respectable fighters. Uh, you know, definitely have some talents. Uh, you know, kind of a kind of a, a striker versus grappler affair there as well. You know, it, by by their main stylistic points. Uh, but what I'm saying is, when this thing does get rebooked, know that there's probably going to be some personal feelings now because I think Andrew Sanchez probably wouldn't appreciate what was said. And meanwhile, Marvin Matori, uh, he, he's got a little chip on his shoulder, so. Uh, it's. I, I think it's gonna be a good card. I think it's gonna be a good card. Uh, all right, couple quick points. Um, Colby Covington. I am a big fan of Colby Covington. I have always been a big fan of Colby Covington. I am a huge supporter of Colby Covington and have been from the start. 
Colby Covington is starting to miss the mark. Uh-oh. I think – I think – look, I don't hate on him trying to maximize his income right now. Right. Look, you get one shot. You know what I mean? Now, right. if you're lucky, then you get multiple shots. You only but get one shot. Do on not your miss your chance to, to <laughs> blow or this opportunity is something, something. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. You only get one shot, and he, he doesn't want to miss his chance to blow. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, so I get him trying to maximize his income, but I don't want him to let this opportunity slip through his hands over a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. You know, it's one of those things like uh, – and he says he's not asking for anything unreasonable, and so I'll take his word for it. I think he spoke to Chael Sonnen and was like, listen, I'm not asking for anything crazy. You know, I mean, if, if, it, if it's a situation where, you know – you, you know, they offer you a million and you're asking for 1.1 and you're like, I'm not going to take it. Like, dude, don't cost yourself a million over a hundred grand, yeah. you know? Uh, but he says it's not that. So I, I'll trust him on that. I'm not the one in there negotiating his fights, but, um, but that's not even really the big thing. I get him trying to maximize his income. The other thing is it just seems like he is alienating all of American top team right now. Yeah. And that scares me a little bit. Look, he is, uh, he has busted his ass to market himself, right? I mean, yep. he has dealt with the hate he has dealt with all the crap, and he, of course, he brought it all upon himself. But he realized that's what it took for him to stand out and get noticed. You know, his game is very wrestling based; it's very control based. And while it's effective, it is not what gets fans' attentions. It is Justin Gaethje and Cowboy Cerrone that get fans' attention. But Colby Covington is never going to be able to fight like that. So he had to do something else to get people's attention. I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for. Uh, you know, putting himself out there the way he has and marketing himself and making himself the most hated man on the planet. <laughs> but within your own fight camp, within yeah. your own team, I think you got to make sure your team knows, you know what I mean? Like, like well, you know, Chael Sonnen, he looks up to Chael Sonnen. You know, he, he looks up to Chael Sonnen and respects him a lot. Like, you know, in Chael's day, I mean, he didn't have a super team like American Top Team, but, you know, Chael would talk all this stuff and everybody would every, – behind the scenes, everybody goes like – yeah, bro, but that's just Chael being Chael. Right. You know what I mean? That's just Chael being Chael. He's just being silly. He's not right. He's not this. He's not that. And it's changed with Colby. You know, I think at first everybody was like, ah, it's Colby. He's crazy. What's he doing? I mean, he shows up to the media day the other week with a chick on it. I mean, who shows up to a media day with a chick? I mean, come on, you know. Uh, cool. But now it's starting to get to the point where ain't nobody saying, ah, it's just Colby being Colby. You know, now yeah. it's like, fuck that guy, and if I see him, I'm going to fight him in the parking lot. Like, that is not good in your own team. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, what I feel like to some degree is and, – and I feel like, man, I, I know this sounds weird, but it, I almost feel like there's, there's like ties to Conor McGregor is that like you start to live the character a little too much and then it's no longer a character. It's just who you are as a person. And I kind of feel like Colby is, is approaching those spots. And uh, I don't want to see that happen because – I, I like Kobe so much, man, and, and I respect what he's done as a fighter, and I respect what he's done to market himself, but I hate to see that now it's getting to a point where this is not about, hey, uh, hey, Jorge, man, let's just play around and build up this rivalry so we can mess around a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. It's not to that point anymore. Right. You know, and uh, and that scares me, man, because that American top team is is a wonderful camp, and I, I hate to see him shoot it, shoot himself in the foot to right? where he can't go there. And, and, so anyway, I, I mean, just I'm throwing that all out there because yeah. I, I I feel like maybe now's the time to 
Maybe pull back the reins a little bit. Not necessarily in front of the camera. I think you've been saying that for a little bit. Still, he's still, still, he's still spreading are. his wings. Well, he's he is, still yeah. spreading his wings. <laughs> I mean, I guess it gets to a point where, you know, uh, somebody, he realizes that, uh, I mean, we know that they, they go to these gyms and these super, super gyms to get this training. But then there is a point where you have to push yourself and you have to become something. And I think he's at the point where he feels that he has become bigger than what, uh, like, what brings him more now at this point? Is it to be working there at that gym, or is it to 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 use this? We'll call it momentum that he started to to build this brand, to build this name, to make him the hated guy. Because in his mind, I mean, while you know, ATT is an incredible gym and he's done great things there. He's also the cat that he could ride this momentum and go to another good gym. And still get that. good training, so true. but he's still trying to push his brand. And I think he's probably, and this is the part that probably drives his teammates in the gym crazy, is the fact that they're like, okay, you're better than us. You think you're bigger than us. Right. You think you don't need us now. You know, now you want to talk shit. So I can see where they're like, all right, well, fuck you. If you don't need us, fuck you. We don't need you. Um, but, you know, I so I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't you know so just go take wherever off, take just take off and go elsewhere because i think at this point he probably has decided you know when he he's already went he decided that he was going to go all in with his stick a while back mm -hmm. and uh it just makes sense that now this is just the next uh the next level of it you know now he's going to be the the so the guy that's going to brag that you know with all the sex he's having he doesn't even have time to go to a gym <laughs> you know who needs a gym I just work out at home with my ladies, you know, blah blah it's blah. So it's it just seems like it's all part of the the stick that eventually now he's probably he just he's either like he said he's he's believing his own hype or it's just to the point where uh I don't know, maybe he wasn't all that happy there anyways and this is just an excuse to, you know, just Boy. sever the things or whatever, but Dude, if that's the case, that would be some like next level like chess right there, you know what I mean? Like, hey man, I just decided to to burn the bridge, and I'm going to do it in the most marketable way possible. That's it. <sighs> See, you never know. See, then you if that's know. the case, now i got to tip my cap to him again. That thing, I mean, yeah. When when we've seen him at times and when, when he's turned it off. Right. You know, you could tell that there's an intelligent individual there that has an idea and has an agenda, and he's thought about it. And I, I mean, I don't doubt that when he goes home and he thinks about what's next, he thinks about probably a, you know, I mean, I think with all these fighters, they're so quick at thinking off their, you know, at the the spur of the moment that when they actually have time to sit there and think about all the different possibilities and where it can go, who knows? I mean, who knows what he's, he possibly thinks? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the guys, I think he's just probably seizing the moment, and this is just where he he thought the next level of being the bad guy mm -hmm. is is just to to shuck it all and just go go on his own. Because when you think about Chael, when Chael was doing it, you don't think of Chael, like you said, with a gym. It was Chael. Yeah. Chael was the thing. Right. You know, whereas, you know, now I could see him where he's like, you know, the rest of the guys, I don't need to be associated with a gym. It's me. It's Kobe. It's me and me and the, me and the Prez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we just kick, kick it at the White House. He just kick it at the, at the White, White House. House my, my, I'm doing my gym at the White House. Oh, God, if he starts fucking saying that. That would be great. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be phenomenal. All right, uh, listen, Friday night, uh, most uh, most people will be listening to this, of course, on Friday, uh, LFA 76. Um, apparently, the last event on Access TV, which is crazy. Um, 
Phoenix Car- Carnavale, uh, who was part of the broadcast team, she tweeted out, this is our last MMA show. I hope you guys are watching. Uh, and then Ron Cruck later confirmed it as well on Twitter. Um, no official announcement, by the way. The, 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 the company Access TV, which has been involved in MMA for a long, long time, man. I mean, it, originally it was HDNet. Dates back to yeah. the WC days. I mean, they've been involved in MMA for a long, long time. Yep. Um, but I, I guess they brought in like a new ownership group, a new management group. I'm not sure exactly how the structure of it is, but Anthem Sports Entertainment is the one calling the shots now. Um, and so they're saying this is the last MMA show. The on-air talent is saying this is the last MMA show. I did reach out to the PR team, and the PR team, uh, the official quote was, Anthem has not made any programming decisions about current content. But, I mean, if you've got on-air talent, you know, universally, uh, all of them saying uh, this is the last one. So it sounds like yeah. um, Access TV is getting out of the MMA business, which is um, which is crazy, man. Uh, they've had a long, long run to MMA, and uh, the, man, they've been kind of like the uh, the, the the I mean that the, the amount of talent that has gone through there and gone into the UFC to Bellator to the bigger shows is crazy. So that's going to be a big hit to the regional scene. Um, I do wonder if maybe the LFA could end up on Fight Pass. Maybe DAZN as well. You know, I understand DAZN is still trying to spend some money in MMA. Uh, I'd love to see it on Fight Pass, man. I hope it ends up there. Uh, But, you know, right now the company officials are kind of keeping it quiet. But uh, just something to keep an eye on, man. It sucks to see a a regional platform like that go away because it's been a it's been a big one man they've been involved in mma for a long time so uh just something to have on your radar there and last thing uh listen late notice but you got yourself a busy weekend dude i gotta remember to go to bed and fucking get up to that shit. <laughs> uh there is uh so this is something we didn't hear about man this is so the it's this is the olympia weekend expo in las vegas uh, and I know it might shock you that myself and Cold Coffee didn't realize that there was a bodybuilding uh, conference in town. Somehow, somehow slipped my just, mind. Just, I mean, somehow didn't make it to our radar. I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, normally we would be all over that. I mean, you know, just going and, sh- you know. Sh- <laughs> Bruh, you know, every day lift, I get a pump on. Heavy. Uh, yeah, but there's a company called Limitless that is launching a line of health and fitness products at there. But uh, Friday at their booth, uh, they have uh, they are advertising to have Cody Garbrandt, Ken Shamrock, Anthony Pettis, Nick Diaz, Chuck Liddell, and Francis Naganu all there. And then Saturday, Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre. So Cold Coffee is going to be there. Uh, I believe the uh, Garcia brothers will be there with you on Friday. Uh, Gorgeous George and Goes, course of the MMA Junkie Radio podcast, the newly re- rebranded podcast. They'll be there with you on Friday helping to shoot some video. And then Saturday, uh, Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre will be there as well, uh, two, two absolute legends of the sport. So, uh, man, going to be a busy weekend. We're already a little short, again, behind the curtains. It's going to be a shit show. We got a lot of people on vacation at the uh, at the, at the the MMA Junkie scene. Uh, Simon Simano is off this weekend. Dave Doyle is off this weekend. Uh, Nolan King, who was in town the other day, I took him to the Performance Institute. He's got to he's he's off on Saturday because he has some some plans going on. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Simon Head actually in uh, over in England, he'll actually be at KSW in London on Saturday. So, man, we'll just have stuff going on all over the place. We will have live coverage from London, live coverage from Las Vegas, and live coverage co- from Vancouver because that's how we do. I don't know. I don't have too much high hopes for this stuff at this Olympia thing. Oh, sir, <laughs> where is your positivity? You got big names. Big names, but it's a fucking fan event. 
that they're like, it's so half-assed that it's going to be a shit show. I'll be amazed if we get half of what we're expecting. Well, as you can see, cold coffee, always a cup half full kind of guy. <laughs> I'm just keeping it the, the king. We've all done – how many of these have we the done before? How many have we done these where it's like, hey, come to my media event where there's fans, and we'll, we'll get you an interview. We promise. We promise. The king of optimism that is cold coffee. It's, it's, it's the king He's of keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what we got in the place. It's going to be a, a really, really busy weekend. Uh, next weekend – or next week's a, a little a little lighter – uh, I'll be in uh, Mexico City for that one, and then the weekend after Mexico. that, you're going to Bellator, and then after that, we go to uh, Melbourne together. So uh, big, big stuff on the horizon. It'll be good. We got lots of stuff coming. Stay tuned for it all. In the meantime, thanks for listening.